right. Welcome to Musicians Movie Club. I am Dan. I'm Tommy. I'm Michael. That's Michael. Michael Garrity of Nora Marks Music. The music is part of the band name. Yeah. Um, if it's in your uh, if it's in your Instagram handle, it's a part of your band name officially. Yeah. That's how it works. That's like us, you know. Damager Shy. Damager Damagurki <laughs> to you. And Michael's sharing a, a film with us. 2008. So set the scene for us, Dan. 2008. Uh, Obama. Mm-hmm. What, what was he saying? Change. Hope and change. Hope. Change. Sh- Shepard Fairey posters lined the walls. <laughs> and it was... Uh, it was a it was a cool time, and then a green haired dude walked in, and he started laughing, and yeah. a British man named Chris said, "I'm gonna film that." It's a docu- <laughs> it's a documentary, really. The movie we're talking about today. Yeah, I had a car. I had an Obama bumper sticker on one side, and this promotional uh, Harvey Dent for DA bumper sticker on the other one. Hell yeah. This was 2008. My friend said, your life doesn't really get any better from here, does it? <laughs> I, honestly, maybe, maybe he's right. <laughs> of course, the film is The Dark Knight. 2008, directed by Chris Nolan. Chris, is our, as his friends call him. Chris. And Michael, do you want to tell us about why you chose this film? Um, well, it's the movie I've seen the most uh, ever by like a long shot. Do you know how many times? I mean, at least 25, probably. Hell yeah. I saw this movie 11 times in theaters on the initial run when it came out. That's amazing. Uh, that is wild. You told me this the other night, and my mind was blown. <laughs> um, it was just kind of an event thing yeah. um, that my friends and I were kind of like, we were, we were kind of the perfect uh, sort of like market, you know, in-market group for this one. Uh, and we got really involved. Do you remember the like viral marketing campaign? Are you guys maybe too young to, to even? I feel like I was too young. I don't think I know yeah. about this. My so I have a lot of memories of this coming out for for a handful of reasons. The first thing I remember was going on MySpace.com, and the front page had a news article and a video of the hospital being blown up, and it was like this is for the new Batman movie. And I had I was like, why they spoiled uh, that scene? Why are they blowing up a hospital? It's like the best um, I, I, I don't think I had seen Batman Begins, but I saw that. Um, and what was the viral marketing campaign? I don't even remember exactly. There was like websites. You'd go to them. You'd kind of like, I can't remember the specifics of it, but you know, you'd be like, you kind of help with like a little mystery and you'd get clues. But then it kind of spiraled into this thing where I got a box. That's where I got the, the bumper sticker. I got a box with like a Gotham Gazette newspaper that had all these like completely like full-size like eight-page newspaper with stories about what was happening in Gotham the DA's race and Harvey Dent as like an elected official um and then there was something I don't remember how we knew to do it but my friends and I put on Joker makeup and we took a picture at the college in my hometown uh the most haunted college in Indiana and anybody who had like a cool Joker picture would get it posted on this website um so we were just really heavily involved in like literally the sort of like hype we were like the street team for this movie so when it came out, we just sort of like went all in on um, just, uh, you know, just be, just like making it an event, you know what I mean? And like really, yeah. uh, just making it an important cultural moment. And then it kind of just led to, in a lot of ways, like my, uh, that's sort of where my interest in movies is like an art form sort of, uh, because it was very, it was a very big deal yeah. that it got voted quickly into like the top five 
IMDb movies of all time. So we were just kind of like, what if we just kind of watch these? So we watched, you know, we didn't make it very far, but I think we made it about 11 or 12 movies in. But that's sort of the reason why I kind of went back and watched a lot of like, you know, important or significant or just really great movies. Um, so, you know, in that way, the movie kind of like kicked off my, my cinephile phase, I would say. That's awesome. I, if my memory serves, like, I think number one was Shawshank Redemption. Uh, at the time, it was number two, and one was like Godfather, maybe, Godfather, or uh, one that was really high that I think was, oh, Good, the Bad, and the yeah. Ugly. That was always a perennially like number three or four. What was really high up there? Shawshank. Goodfellas, right? Goodfellas is really high up there. I'm trying to think of the things that I watched as a result of this. Yeah. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, but that was like lower, lower, like eight or nine. I don't know. Not even worth watching at that point. Like, no, that's that's a great movie. It's <laughs> <One of my laughs> a great movie. <laughs> I remember seeing Shawshank's Redemption after like a long time of having held it in high regard because of the stuff like the IMDb top list and just being like, yeah, that was good. That's how yeah. I felt. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, agree I was like, oh, that was a, that was a lot of movie. Yeah. Oh, Empire Strikes Back is the one I was thinking of. That was number one at, oh, at nice. some point. Hmm. Nice. Um, yeah, Shawshank Redemption is fine. I probably I don't I don't have like a strong desire to watch it again. But what are your what are your favorite of these kind of like high cinema like classic movies? High cinema classic movies. You know, have you guys like the French Connection? I haven't seen the French Connection Very actually. Dark. They're fun. I want to see that. It's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm just talking about how much I love Zone of Interest. I love a good bummer movie. Um. Yeah, William Friedkin, who directed French Connection and Exorcist and yeah. Sorcerer. Sorcerer is awesome. There, that's my high cinema. I like that movie. That's my about high trucks. cinema. Yeah, my high cinema is right. Sorcerer. I've never even heard of that before. It's about... I, I'm, I'm going to butcher it. I was pretty sleepy when I saw it, but all I remember is there were these trucks, and they were going to explode, and they had to drive them through the forest, and they couldn't explode. Like speed? It's uh no, no. It, it's not a time based task. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, like the the cargo is like volatile. It's like nitroglycerin. Gotcha. Yeah, and they uh, but it's like super intense and sweaty, and everyone's like covered in dirt, and it's really manly. It's awesome. It's just fi- like four or five trucks full of explosives that have to drive through the jungle, and they just drive really slow. And it's, ev- it's amazing. And every okay. now and then something blows yeah, up. It's cool. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but all of his movies are kind of. W- like wacky kind of like in like they're like disjointed and like bad things happen like in a way where it's like oh that's kind of unsatisfying i can't believe all these bad things happen <laughs> to these characters um Speak- but the, the dark knight <laughs> i was gonna make it i was gonna make a transition okay, speaking ahead. of I'll movies where trucks have explosives in them Ooh, damn that's good yeah because they got the bazooka in the in the yeah. truck yeah the dark knight rises is all about a truck with an explosive in it that's true that's true but we're not talking about that at all Maybe we'll see. I feel like you kind of have to bring it up. Yeah, we eventually. Have well, at least Dark Knight Rises. I actually, remember like seeing in theaters and like going to the midnight premiere. Dark Knight. I think I was a little too young because I remember showing up to school one day. My friend was like, "Oh, there's a new Batman movie," and I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, it's pretty scary." And I was like, oh, "I don't want anything to do with that." That's where I was. I didn't watch it until like later. Yeah, when Batman began, it is kind of scary. It scared me. Yeah, kids the first time I tried to show my first son when he was a little too young. That was probably a mistake. <laughs> uh, the. Um, that's how it was with Batman Begins. I was like kind of not really interested. I was really into Batman as a kid, but then I was like in high school, so I was like less interested. But then I started reading comics again, and uh, then I kind of went back and watched it like a year after it came out. Yeah, so that sort of like sucked me back into that. I saw so I saw this on uh, I believe opening night. Me too. Um, and it, we were taken by, or maybe it was just the day of then, maybe like the Friday, maybe Friday morning or something. And uh, my sister, 
uh, was dating a guy named Colin, and I don't remember. I just don't remember anything about this guy other than that, and that he was so fucking stoked on Dark Knight. Like, he had saw it opening night, and the next day he was like, you you gotta come, and so also took me with them. And I was 13 years of age, and it was so packed that I had to sit in one of those really uncomfortable seats at the front where your, like, neck is, like, craning yeah, upward. Yeah, been there. Um, and I was fucking blown away. Like, this movie, for me, is up there with, like, that really magical, like, being taken with a film in a way where it's like every little thing is like so fucking cool. Like I just have this vivid memory of going to see this movie on opening day and like that pencil thing. I like went to school the next day and I was like, did you guys doing it to your friends? <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was doing it to everybody. I was killing all my friends. Um, but I was like, did you guys see that? There's this part where he has a pencil, you know, like that was, you know, I was taken. That's what, that's what, that's what it's all about. Yeah. yeah. And like, I still, I still like, as a as a much more grown adult, I can see the critiques you can make, but I but I overwhelmingly believe that this movie is high quality blockbuster filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. I got. I'm a, can I can I throw some ideas? Yeah. Talking points. Go for it. Here? All right. Christopher Nolan. Are you guys generally fans? Yes yeah. Or no? I had to come around on him, admittedly, and it wasn't until. And you're gonna hate this. Tenet that I was like maybe I was wrong about this guy uh, Tommy's on fucking drugs that's interesting because you like philosophy so much and I feel like his movies are almost all just like sort of um, philosophical allegory he doesn't really like do much allegory else. is generous because at least in allegories you're not just like saying the philosophy the whole time <laughs> and that was my problem for so long is like is, and I have this problem with the Dark Knight we can get into this a little bit his movies just love to explain themselves the entire movie and I'm like dude we get it uh, we, we, we get it. Uh, dumb movies for smart people or smart movies for dumb people? Are you talking about a smart dumb movie or a dumb smart movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is the, is the idea to, like, convey a complex idea to everyone in a yes. simple way? Or is he just not, he's not he, capable of No, that? he is so smart. I, I have so much respect yes. for Christopher Nolan. I think it is smart movies for everyone. Not even just dumb. I think it's for oh, everyone. I, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I wouldn't, yeah. I was just trying to. But in it's being for everyone, I think he also has a tendency to maybe speak down to some people because he's trying to reach too many. Is that why you like Tenet? Because that's the only one where he doesn't put any effort into that, I feel like. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. It's just vibes but, and weird shit happening. But in, in Tenet, everything else sucks. Like, every, the performances no, are bad, the no, editing is bad. Anyway, You're Dark wrong. Knight. Kenneth Branagh in Tenet? It's like Russian. I don't give a shit about Kenneth Branagh in anything. Uh, in okay, in the Dark Knight, because I get what you're saying, because they are pretty much waxing poetic on the concepts of the film. Yeah, everyone's just explaining what their character represents the whole movie. But I think I I'm not gonna say that that's not. I don't know. I think maybe you're giving the masses too much credit. I think he had to. I think he had to do that. I'm not saying he didn't have to. I'm saying I don't like it. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm getting at. It's a problem in the other two Batman movies he does. Oh, I, dude, Dark Knight Rises' script is so bad. I think it's, I, I think it's worse than Dark Knight Rises. I don't remember enough about Dark. I, I didn't watch the other two for, to prepare for this. It's been so long since I've seen either of those. In Dark Knight Rises, I'm like, it's like watching pro wrestling. It's so, like I'm just like I'm per, I'm buying in. I'm I'm foregoing my barometers for intelligent constructions of things <laughs> i'm watching people get beat up for pure muscular visceral entertainment yeah. but in dark knight i think it was ex especially amazing because the movie elevated that genre as a whole 
Yeah, I, I I believe that no other superhero movie to that point had ever tried to do anything other than adapt comic books. So it's like some some just do that well, like Spider Man, and then some. Well, Spi- okay, so the Spider Man movies, which are I think are also amazing movies, the Sam Ra- the Samuel Raimi films. <laughs> um, uh, sure. <laughs> Samuel Raimi. Uh, <laughs> he. Uh, that's a French Spider-Man. Yeah, fan. I, I caught that. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I think I think Raimi's Spider-Man movies are just great blockbuster film in the sort of like Spielbergian's mecha style. Yeah, I think Nolan intellectualized the property, and I think you know if you take issue with doing it to the point where he had to do it so much that it got dumbed down in a way. You know, that's one thing. But I think that he elevated the material to the point where it was like he was actually adding a level of of philosophy to it at all, which I think is super admirable. Yeah. And I think it also <laughs> low-key ruined culture for like five it did. Ten years. Whoa. What do you mean? <laughs> like, okay, let's be honest. The bad influences. <laughs> Hot Topic was never the same, guys. <laughs> and and I think I'm kind of going into it here. Do but, it. Do it. Um, like, okay. Suicide Squad, Jared Leto, right? The hmm. whole marketing campaign for that movie was Leto's going fucking method. He's sending bullets to Will Smith in the mail. <laughs> and it was like, that was all based on the, like, you know, completely misunderstanding. The myth, yeah, misunderstanding Ledger. the Joker's, like, his, his and, and, and he fucking nailed it, okay? Ledger nailed it. And yeah. then amazing. We, yeah. yeah. Best awesome. part of the movie. Do you, can is I? That, is that, oh, good. Good. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, do you, do you feel like that is. Do you feel like that's a strength of this movie, though, in hindsight, that it, it kind of got it without, uh, there was kind of no question that it knew what it was doing and why it was doing it, and the fact that everything has gotten it kind of so wrong since then, do you feel like that's a strength of this movie now, or do you think it... I don't know if it's anything, like, I don't know if it's on the movie that people took it, the, like, not took it the wrong well, way. I mean, I'm just saying, like, do you, I'm just, I guess I just mean, like, do you appreciate that it, like, um, that at least uh, it had a clarity of purpose, you know what I mean, that, like, Jared Leto just didn't. He couldn't yeah, I know. And <laughs> yeah. then America was filled with 14-year-old Jared Letos who were like, we live in a society. We and went on Xbox society. and, and uh, this, is where, this is where age might be a difference because is this something that like really does stick out to you as like that's a big part of like Joker iconography to you is like the internet and like that sort of like just, yeah, that's like a big part of the Joker to you is that uh, young people used him in like a, as like a weird avatar. Yeah, and it's because of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I, yeah. but like, I'm, that. I wasn't trying to critique this movie for doing that, but I do want to point it out because it's really crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's an interesting and like huge uh, kind of impact that it had. It's yeah. Like, so it's an important thing to bring up, I would say. What other movies recently have done that? Uh, things were like, I don't know. Uh, because Barbie? Yeah, that's true. But do you think people, well, like Barbie, I, we have to maybe wait a little bit, I think, to see yeah. truly the waves that Barbie is going to make. I saw somebody in a Barbie hoodie, though, today at the the. There you go. Birthday party. I was at, like see, a grown woman. Yeah. I am Kenuff. Was it that one? Dude, just the, the bar. Oh. See, I saw somebody in an oh. I am Kenuff hoodie, and I was like, when I saw that movie in theaters, and that he came out wearing that, I was like, some dumb motherfuckers are gonna be paying sixty five dollars for oh, that. Oh, I, I, I know. So much, the, yeah. 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 I. We don't need to get into things I don't like about the Barbie movie, but that. Oh my god. I'm I'm a proponent of the Barbie movie. I, no, I love and the Barbie I like, movie. Yeah, which I think we already talked about in our previous we, episode. Yeah, we but, did. But like it is I do think that is kind of already starting to show that it's been a little bit misunderstood. Like 
Um, the fact that Warner Brothers wants to do an entire Mattel extended universe. Oh my god! I don't know if I should. I'm going to decide if I should talk about this in a public forum or not. But I did just receive some pretty interesting information from a friend of mine who works in LA in a uh, in a talent agency, and he was telling me about how um, his boss represents. What are the big toy companies? There's Mattel and Hasbro. I think it was Hasbro. Transformers is Hasbro, correct? I don't okay, know. well, his his been buying up properties left and right. It's hard to keep. Track so of. his <laughs> boss was <clears throat> Michael Bay's agent at some point and helped bridge the gap between him and Transformers. And he and my friend was telling me that since Barbie, he has seen and had his hands on a deck of potential properties to be adapted into movies that are all toys, and it's like. 500 well, ideas in it. Oh, it goes as that. far as scissors. Scissors the <laughs> like, movie. Scissors the movie. And so like, because we're, we're getting JJ Abrams Hot Wheels, I know is a thing. Okay, Hot Wheels was like the first one that came to mind. That's like top three in this. Yeah, in this yeah. and then there's the Ouija, Ouija board movie, which I think falls into that. I think that's still technically Mattel. There's like, another one they're talking about. Magic 8 Ball, I think, might be a horror movie, but I might be making that up. That's both, both that and Ouija board sound like pretty, they could be good horror movies. Yeah. Well. But yeah, it was like. It's like a 500 That's list of dumb. like things that are the strongest and not. And it's all simply because the industry said, Barbie, that's a based on a toy. We do more based on toy. We make more money. Yeah, this is just sponsored content. They're yeah. Just, uh, they, they just figured out what like people on the internet have been doing for 10 years. Well, there was something else that was established IP that was a big hit. Super Mario. Great movie, though. Yeah. I, I, a fun I also enjoyed Super Mario, and I enjoyed Dungeons & Dragons. It was the year of established IP really surprising me. Dragons. I think about you every time I see the ads. I And I only <laughs> saw it once, and maybe I'll watch it again and get depressed because I overrated it this whole time, <laughs> even though I was fighting the war for it. Um, but yeah, my thoughts, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Let me direct it. Yeah. Steel. It could be I know, Real Steel. Steel. <laughs> I was like, wait, didn't they do that? And then I also remembered IMDb, like, 15 years ago, like whenever you would check on Steven Spielberg's IMDb page, it would say that he had a project in produc- uh, in pre-production called Robopocalypse. <laughs> is, it, is it gone now? Yeah. Uh, Transformers Cal. crushed it. Like they, they decided <laughs> to make Transformers true, instead. Yeah. But I was always like, he's making a movie called Robopocalypse? Like that sounds like a fucking direct-to-DVD title. Yeah. Um, and then they made Real Steel and Transformers and it was done. So. Hmm. I've only seen that first Transformers. Also, this was around the time when we, my friends and I were going to see a lot of like everything that came out. Yeah. Um, Transformers was a disappointment, and I haven't seen any of them since. I oh, the first Transformers was a disappointment for you? Um, well, I didn't care about the material in the first. I wasn't like a big Transformers fan, so I was just going. Yeah, I wasn't either. No nostalgic interest. I thought was, I remember liking it, but I was also like pretty young and just like watching stuff explode. So I think that was about the bar that I had for that movie. Yeah, that sounds about right. And yeah, I had the same bar, and it it worked. Yeah, I, I I really liked the first Transformers movie when it came out. I think I own it. I don't think I've watched it, but I think I own it on DVD. Go back and watch two because it is fucking cracked. It is insane. <laughs> um, you know what else is fucking cracked? The Joker. Sure is. He's actually he's damaged. Oh, he's damaged. You're right. You're right. You're right. He's got it on his forehead. <laughs> Lest we forget. Band name from? No. No. Joker? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I'm a big Joker head, so I was just like, I should make a band about this. Um, famously, Leto's your favorite Joker, as we all know. <laughs> I think Jared Leto mythology surrounding the Joker thing is really funny. It's so. F- I've already said fuck Jared Leto on this podcast before, but like, fuck Jared Leto. <laughs> 
I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode where somebody goes, he's pretty good in Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> you just don't even, you just stone him. Was that? I think that may have been Joe in Tron. Yeah, I'm sure. Was, Tron's the only time I remember talking about him because yeah, he's gonna be in the new one. You mean Tron three? He's gonna be Tren. Yeah, Trthreen. Um. <laughs> Fucking dumb. <laughs> the Dark Knight. Uh, <laughs> what, are you, let's, let's, what, what is there to talk about? When, when can I get to my list of lines that made me roll my eyes? Is it too I've, soon? That's to too, that? too soon. Okay, well, wait, 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 too, wait, that's, oh, wait. You got, uh, this is what I wish I had my notes for. These are also things I wrote down. Folks at home, wait for the lines because I got plenty too. You got some too? Um, let's talk about Heath Ledger. Let's I talk got, about performances in this film. Heath Ledger, I already said this, but it was a performance that changed the zeitgeist. And, yeah. I, and it's kind of crazy that he... Got the Oscar posthumously, yeah, um, because he probably deserved it to regardless, but only mm-hmm. got it because he died. You know what I mean? Uh, he definitely got it because he died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that. Uh, but like, it's no still question. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. I think he should have. I think he should have gotten it anyway. Yeah, he's really funny. Like genuinely, you know, yes. like for all the you know, he's really known for being so menacing in the role but like he's really funny like his comedic timing well, is excellent and that's the thing though like the only reason he's funny it's not the lines he's saying it's the way he delivers them and his timing yeah. i have that written down where i'm like the joker is genuinely funny and it's solely because of heath ledger's delivery because like the lines themselves are like kind of dumb but that's the point yeah well he's there he's like he believes it that yeah that's, that's, he sells he, it <laughs> he thinks that guy thinks that is very funny to do that yeah but i don't i don't even know if it's that or like the character himself is like this isn't funny but i'm like a little sick freak so i'm gonna say it anyway like i don't know <laughs> i guess i'm with that vibe he's a literal joker you know literal joker what's the best joker scene the best scene you know what comes to mind at least for the funniest delivery or, or like one of my favorites is when uh he walks into the the gang round table and then he goes so you really think you're just gonna rob us and walk away and he goes yeah <laughs> <laughs> i laughed so hard <laughs> that's good like that's just re- legitimately funny that's snl that skit so level like I, I had that written down in my notes too he has like great little moments and like uh, there's a part that like uh that i always like where when batman comes up on the uh roof at the end or like inside that building to face the joker and and he's got those two dogs, and the first time he looks at him, he kind of just gives him like a like a weird sort of like head tilt. Uh, that to me, I feel like is like um, those little like mm-hmm. physical mannerisms really make it. I'm sorry though, I think I talked over you, Tommy. No, you didn't. Same thing with like uh, honestly the way he's like looking at them when he says that when he answers that guy and says yeah, it's like the way he's kind of like hunched over with that bomb thing. It's, yeah, I don't know. It is like <laughs> yeah, he's like literally bottom, holding like yeah. a bunch of grenades. <laughs> yeah, the fact that he, that's the thing that's funny about it is it does old timey like uh, like old joker comic book stuff but yeah. in this like serious crime movie so it really does like highlight the absurdity of like doing that in, like in a comic book and how weird that is the people will just read that and kind of not really think about it but also doing that to like these serious mobsters and they can't really they, they live in this world of like everything is serious all the time and you just insert like the silliness into it and it uh they can't do anything about it they're they're so uh sort of lost in this like one program yeah um, no i was just gonna say my favorite joker scene which um I think it has to be the hospital when it doesn't blow up the first time. He's like mashing the button <laughs> oh, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's my favorite moment in the whole movie. It's supposedly a real reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah I lived that from what I understand. And and to, what, to your point about, you know, taking cartoony concepts and bringing them into the real world. I think that's another thing that this movie really set the pace for was, again, like Spider-Man, bright, you know, pulpy colors, like primary color filmmaking. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I think 
this movie was like we can treat it as if it is on the same level of literature i suppose and that like the world can be like grounded and and real and like it can have Mm -hmm. like real like bloody stakes and i think so many movies have tried to do it since uh zach snyder's whole career basically (laughs) you know but like You've got to find that balance of like still acknowledging the absurdity in the midst of it being grounded. And Nolan did a good job of that. And it's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's so freaking hard to do. Because um, I can't... I'm trying to think of other good... I mean, Logan kind of does it. I think he does a good job. But that doesn't really have the absurdity piece of it. I don't know. I guess it's still a movie about a man with like knives in his hand. Yeah, which is like genu- like objectively kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, do you think that it's just like that these movies are just trying to do like a like a genre instead of doing instead of the genre being like superhero movie, you know, they're trying to do like a heat style sort of like crime movie or like Logan is just sort of like a almost a Western type drama, you know, is it is it when you like get like or like Sam Raimi movies are just like pulpy like blockbusters like is it when they try to like uh, veer out of film genre, you know, that it that it gets messed up because you can't really because it's just not. You're trying to fit like the wrong t- kind of storytelling onto a. Well, I don't know if I could. I don't know if superhero like functions as a genre or like at the time before the MCU is a That's thing and like I had its own like. I basically mean post Marvel. Yeah. Got, okay, gotcha, like, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. I think if Chris was in this room right now, we could be like, "Hey, man, you were trying to do Heat, right?" And he'd be like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah this movie, <clears throat> both thematically and aesthetically, is emulating Heat in many yeah. ways, um, which is not a, which is an incredible movie to try and emulate so yeah no i I have no qualm no issue especially like i think in particular and it didn't really reflect on the peacock streaming version that i watched of this uh (laughs) but the sound design which nolan has sort of become known for in a way of like i think that's really like where heat excelled in a lot of ways was uh the sound design especially of weapons like really puts you there all the shootouts like you feel that yeah and i think he was going for that And then also just like the way it's directed, it's like uh, functionality as an aesthetic kind of like, you know, like the the opening scene of The Dark Knight is for me, beat for beat, perfect. Like it is awesome. It is incredible filmmaking. Like the way that you learn so much so quickly without without being told literally (laughs) by all of his characters. Well, there's some where he's like, I guess the Joker's as crazy as they say. Like that's a little annoying, (laughs) but I'll give you the rest of it. But uh, I don't know. Like I I think that, you know, it's just like all the like- That's why they call him the Joker. No one says that's why they call him the Joker. I wrote it down. Oh my God. (laughs) Fuck this movie. Uh, This movie sucks. You guys like William Fitchner's like a- the guy who's hired you. You guys like that? Character? You and your friends are dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That guy lives. I love the opening scene. I think it's a perfect opening scene. Yeah. Just like high, like high level. I think it's a perfect opening scene. Little things. I'm like, okay, whatever. I think Fickner's also in Heat. Yeah, I have I no idea. That, that was, uh, I feel like that was on purpose. I yeah, like I remember. It. Yeah. But also thematically, Heat is also a movie about the unstoppable force and the immovable object, right? It yeah. is about the criminal and the uh, the t- detective, the vigilante. In this case, it's Batman. This and he did Pacino. You know the people who are the top, the best of their of their career path, and they respect each other, and they're they have a symbiotic relationship, which is also kind of harkens back to I think westerns and kind of the idea of like black hat, white hat kind of um, mythical storytelling. Mm-hmm. So anyway, like Batman is he. 
And do, we, do we know if Michael Mann has like said anything about the Dark Knight getting credit for stuff that he like initially introduced into the vocabulary? Do we know if Michael what, Mann's like pissed about it? What do you mean specifically? Like uh, just like the visual language of the Dark Knight is so indebted to Heat, and I feel like there. I know tons of people who have never seen Heat that love the Dark Knight, and I'm like, you got to see Heat because it's the same thing but better. And then people are like, that's impossible. I'm like, no, it like invented this thing. Like, uh, do you think there's a marketing problem for Heat where it was like the kind of novelty of the first De Niro Pacino movie where they're kind of like in the same timeline, they're in the same space, mm-hmm. like that, that kind of overshadowed what came to be known as like the, the like filmmaking sort of like language of it, you know, that it like, it just kind of. Yeah, basically overshadowed what was great about it as like a film. Or yeah, I don't know. I don't know a lot about the marketing of Heat. Oh, I don't either. I'm yeah. just asking. Okay. That's kind of that's kind of my knowledge of Heat before I saw it was like this is like the Pacino De Niro movie. That that makes sense they'd market it that way, but I think that's what I thought when I was going into it and then I saw it and I was like, "Holy yeah, fuck." Yeah, so it's like it's like yeah. like kind of jars it's jarring cuz I just thought it would be like kind of an action movie of some sort or yeah, like Yeah, and just like a good drama with some action, yeah. but 3 hours long and I was like, "Oh god, I don't want to watch that." And I was like, oh, this is like maybe the greatest action movie of all time. But like, and, and film noir too. Yeah. And so it's like, I think that movie along with the movie Drive. Drive. Uh, which oh, yeah. also also like a, has the, a similar uh, place in the zeitgeist. Yeah, kind movie. of. <laughs> I think, I mean, Edge Dark Lord. Knight, I think hit over, like Drive hit for film bro zeitgeist, I think in a way mm-hmm. that like people bought that jacket. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah and uh, uh it taught me a lot something about screenwriting is actually something i taught um i relayed to my class last week was the the concept of like showing a character like at, at the beginning of a story in particular it's a really strong opening showing a character doing what they do best and being who they are at its most and yeah. i think uh heat is does that where they you know stage that big heist uh, Drive does that because he does the little job and he like he's like does the you got 18 seconds or whatever and all that mm-hmm. stuff um, and uh, it happens in Dark Knight too it's the Joker being a being a Joker being manipulative and yeah yeah clever it's like such a cool way to start a movie it's a really cool way to start a movie um, more performances we were talking about Heath Ledger um, I, I do want to talk about Christian Bale at some point because I like that like I love American Psycho so much that I can't not see him as Patrick Bateman a little bit in every other movie he's done. But I genuinely feel like he's doing a little bit of a Patrick Bateman for his Bruce Wayne, and I think it works. I think that's why he got hired almost. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, uh, they're basically the same character. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just and the, the, the one the, kills people. The but... similarity. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, it's just like someone who has um, all the freedom that they could ever want. And yeah. Like, what do they do with that? They just do something weird at night. <laughs> it's like it is the same kind of thing. I love that. Yeah. Well, he's a great choice in particular in re- uh, relation to the American Psycho thing because um, in Nolan's movies, and this is not really this is not my original thought. I heard this somewhere, but uh, in Nolan's movies, he the character is more often Bruce Wayne than he is Batman. Mm-hmm. And in the Batman, he's almost never Bruce Wayne, yeah. you know, yeah. for example, uh, as a contrast. And I think in a movie series where you have to be Bruce Wayne a lot, Christian Bale's pretty good for... He's a great Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and I, I think it. Ha- I think it, he's he's only Bruce Wayne in that kind of, like, asshole Bruce Wayne thing that but like he pretending does. to he's be, like though, yeah. 
they go to dinner, right? Because he he yeah, brings yeah, the yeah. lady on with him, the and ballerina, they crashes and the de- yeah, yeah. that whole part, this prima like ballerina. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. oh, you uh, you like ballet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just such a dick. Yeah, such and then he's like, dick. yeah, actually, Harvey, I. Uh... <laughs> he's like, I, st- I understand your character now. <laughs> You're actually very important to me. Because <laughs> uh, he likes ballet. Oh. Do you guys think Christopher Nolan likes Batman? Uh, and both Batman Begins and The Dark Knight Rises, you don't see Batman for like a full hour. There's a whole hour of movie in both hmm. cases without Batman. That I that's interesting. I didn't think about it, but yeah, the the first a really long stretch of the beginning of Dark Knight Rises is him being an old man, mm-hmm. and then he's in a hole. Yep, and he's in a hole. Yeah, that's true. So there's like a whole other second part with a, no Batman. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's boring. <laughs> well, since he kind of elevates the Batman idea to the point of, you know, his, you know, symbolic use more than anything uh, in his uh, mythological black hat, white hat, God, Satan thing that he's doing, mm. um, it makes sense. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's also, it's the smart thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, he's great. I mean, like, who else would you, of the people who have played Batman, are there, is Christian Bale your favorite, or are there others that are worth mentioning? I think Keaton's underrated as a Bruce Wayne, but he plays a completely different Bruce Wayne than Christian Bale does. Yes. He plays the very paranoid, like, you'd have to be kind of a sick little freak to be Batman version of (laughs) Batman, and I love that. I love Keaton as Bruce Wayne. I also like Keaton as Bruce Wayne and Batman. Um, Christian Bale, I've obviously just seen the most, so it kind of like... But I also like the Robert Pattinson one. I kind of like that one the most. I kind of like Batman as... uh, Similarly to what you're saying, uh, the scene in The the Batman, not to talk about a completely different movie. No, go for it. Like uh, when he's walking through uh, that like group of cops to the crime scene right at the beginning... um, He's coming with Gordon, and all the cops are looking at him, and you can tell he's really insecure. Yeah. Because you can tell he's realizing, like, oh, I am dressed like a guy who's a Batman. Yeah. Like, kind of, <laughs> like people aren't on board with people this. People are like, <laughs> judging me and thinking about me. And you can see the, like, that, like, insecurity and that, like, um, that realization that I am, like, a weird little freak boy. Yep. He's, like, really putting myself out here right now. Like, yeah. Which makes a lot of sense for, like, he's only been Batman for two years, I think, at that point in that yeah. movie. Uh, whereas, like, Christian Bale's, like, a very confident Batman. And as somebody with severe anxiety, I'm like, I like this Robert Pattinson anxious Batman. I really, I can relate to that. Well, as we know, Robert Pattinson listened to a lot of The Cure to prepare for the role. Um, awesome. Did you see that? Is this a this is this was an actual news headline? I don't think I knew about this. Did you know about this? There I was, was like a I whole thing. He was listening to Nirvana the whole time. It was there was a thing about how Robert Pattinson had a playlist that was like The Cure and Joy Division and stuff. Hell yeah. <laughs> he listened to The Smiths too, but he can't admit it publicly. Yeah. Uh, heaven knows I'm Batman now. Um, that's just some your. That's the annual Smiths bit on the podcast. Um, George Clooney, honorable mention, I think is like a great Bruce Wayne because he's like handsome, rich guy I, in real I life. I kind of like that movie for like an hour or so. The first yeah. bit of it's good. Totally. It, I, I like Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah. I don't care about that big fight at the end and like the icy tower. I'm kind of bored by then almost every time, but. Basically, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. It's basically a 90s version of the campy 60s TV show. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. It does get a little exhausting after a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Batman Forever, do you guys like that one? No. Yeah. That's my least favorite. One I've seen the least, for sure. I've yeah. seen it a lot. I've seen it a lot, so I have like a strong... Oh, and I also was of a... You know, I was like 
I don't know, man, eight, ten, something like that. When that came out in the McDonald's like frosted character cups. Oh so yeah, that's awesome. Three of those, so that was also a big part of my life. So <laughs> I feel good about it. I like Robin, so I'm glad he got to be in a movie. Yeah. Back to the Dark Knight, though. Sorry. Do you guys care that there's no sidekick characters or like any of that kind of stuff? We get Robin in Dark Knight Rises. Do you think? What do you think? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> that yeah. is the dumbest fucking thing. I know. But you know what? Which part about it? <laughs> okay. Sorry, it's not the dumbest fucking thing. <laughs> there was, are some other was, dumb things about extreme. the Dark Knight. <laughs> that was very that, that was very extreme. Sorry. Um, I so I watched Dark Knight Rises uh, again in after Dark Knight, and the problem isn't that twist; it's that they did it like that, like the way that the line is read. In general, Dark Knight Rises I think suffers from one overwhelming problem, and that it is clearly very rushed. Both in the production, in the edit, in the script, like everything was clearly like they were like, we got to get this fucking done. And I also get the feeling that Nolan was kind of like, I don't want to be doing this. I want to go make a sad his, space his, movie. His passion sort of is like waning at that point. Yeah. Too. And that's why he tries to do something that's not even a Batman movie. It's basically not a Batman movie. Hmm. In that scene in Dark Knight Rises, um, spoiler alert, everyone, um, <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitt walks into that office and he's like yeah, he's just like a dmv <laughs> yeah and they're like uh he's like he's like officer john blake and they're like oh yeah uh and he's like oh it might be under my uh might be under my uh real name and then she goes oh you should go by your real name i like that and he turns around and she goes robin <laughs> it's like the dude it's like the room it's like it's like you're my favorite customer <laughs> like <laughs> Blake, John? Nothing here. Oh, uh, yeah. Try my legal name. You should use your full name. I like that name. Robin. Thanks. Can I help you? Yeah, can I have a dozen red roses, please? Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. Here you go. That's me. How much is it? It'll be $18. Here go. Keep the change. Hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer. Thanks a lot. Bye. There are many scenes in Dark Knight Rises that are cut like the room, where it's like, hello, you're my favorite customer. Goodbye. You know, like. It's because they just pack so much information to that movie. Yeah. And there's like no point when it ever lets up the whole concept of what they were doing, where he's building a bomb. He gets paid to build this bomb, but then he. But then the bomb was actually the person paying him was the person who wanted to build it. You know what I mean? In the first place, yeah. For her plan to work, Bruce Wayne had to. It's just so complicated. Why? I feel like there was a trend like in the early when the movie came out was that twenty twelve. Yep. The early twenty tens of just maybe even a little bit after that, just very convoluted villain plots in superhero movies. And I'm just like, keep it simple, guys. Blow up a ship or make people blow up the other ship. I don't know. That's you want to be rich. Yeah. Well, Joker. Joker, one of the lines that made me roll my eyes, it's not about money, it's about sending a message, Dan. I don't have any issue with that line. I didn't like that line. Wait, I, why I, did you I was, say Dan? What? <laughs> no, I, just, I was just saying... Because the Joker says Dan at the end of it. Joker is famously talking to Dan yeah. in, the, in The Dark Knight. I see all movies as the characters talking to me directly <laughs> so that I can like you know judge them. Yeah. Hardcore. That, that line made me roll my eyes. Not the line itself, but it's one of those, well, no shit lines of we already know that. Yeah, because you're burning a huge pile of money. Yeah, and I was just like, <laughs> yeah. why say it? And that was well, a lot doesn't of... Doesn't he say it just to himself, too? He's, like, pulling a phone out. No, uh, maybe? I, I feel like it's just like, I know what you're talking about. It feels like an aside. It feels like you're listening to what's in his head. Yeah, I don't, I don't need that. Pretty surface I just, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, there's, there is so much of that in the movie, but... I don't know. Again, it's like I kind of just feel like 
we're smart enough to glean a lot of the subtext out of mm-hmm. a lot of that movie, and I don't think everybody was, especially not my 13-year-old ass. I was like... Right, uh, like, which is why it's a good gateway movie for a lot of people wanting to get into movies that have quote-unquote <laughs> messages or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and I and again, like I, I admire that it was doing that at all. And like yeah. you know, for example, when Joker's hanging upside down, and they're giving you know with the you know the sort He's of monologuing about yeah, but like I don't know. For me as a younger person, I was like, "He's wow, okay." It, it helped me put the pieces together. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's an invalid criticism. Here's, yeah, here's how it I totally feel about is. it. Maybe uh, maybe this is just a different. Maybe this won't be helpful. Uh, as somebody who was like had been you know for like a, probably about a year or two at this point like reading comics pretty heavily and like I was really interested in them and I would also like go on like you know message boards or like talk to my friends about comics so we'd share like ideas about it it was kind of like this Batman movie stuff like that scene with the Joker hanging upside down um, it's kind of like telling a more general audience like what this is like how comic book fans appreciate this relationship so it's not just like some guy with like a bomb vest inside his jacket. You know, it's not just like this silly thing of silly people. It's kind of like they're, this is like the sort of like a mythology of it and like the sort of meaning behind it. So it's like this movie was kind of delivering that mess. It was like, yeah, it was like delivering that message in like a cinematic way as a, maybe this is what I was trying to say earlier about like Marvel movies. It was trying to be cinema, a cinematic adaptation of this as opposed to like a direct adaptation that kind of doesn't, um, it doesn't you have to kind of like i don't know how to put it maybe like have an appreciation for it in advance or it doesn't maybe it doesn't do the thing that dan's trying to say where it like more modern superhero movies don't like um trust you to understand that there are like layers beneath it they're just giving you like the most surface level thing but i don't think the dark knight trusts us either or wouldn't have to explain it the whole time you know yeah i but do you feel like that's just a christopher nolan problem yeah 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 yeah. it's it's not specifically the dark knight yeah Yeah. just speaking a different language you know yeah he's I think for him, because I guess in you know some more classical examples of drama that is happening a lot, you know. Yeah, it bums me out then too. <laughs> <laughs> this is this but, is across movies. This bums me out when people explain things we already should know if you're paying attention. I guess. Yeah, I yeah. I guess for me, this movie earns the privilege. Um, mm-hmm. because of the performances and because of the care and because Oh yeah, of, everything else is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, so, I don't know, for me, I, I'm, I'm willing to buy in. There are... I guess I want to say, it doesn't ruin the movie for me. Yeah. I just, it's, it's the one thing that bothers me every time. Yeah, I'm not even disagreeing with you. I'm just, yeah. like, talking about okay, yeah. Yeah, it's just, I also have a weird, uh, complex to defend my opinions all the time because I'm very <laughs> harsh with them, especially <laughs> regarding movies. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it, it earns the right to do a lot of um, walking out to the front of the stage in the spotlight and, you know, what is that, apostrophe, dramatic apostrophe or whatever? I don't like remember. Like a mic drop, basically. Yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah. Do you think it's the best Nolan movie? No. Oh. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say it's my favorite. I wouldn't say best hmm. objectively. I would say my favorite. Yeah. Um, I do love Interstellar. But I think a lot of people would have the same things that you <laughs> same critiques of Interstellar. Yeah. I don't like Interstellar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the Prestige. I think I the, like prestige, the Prestige. Is, uh, I like the Prestige. Banger. Yeah, that's a great movie. Prestige is another one that's a really great gateway movie. Yeah. I like the Prestige a lot. Best Nolan. I don't even know what my favorite is. Best. I'm tempted to say Oppenheimer. Oh yeah, that movie is awesome. Yeah. yeah, that probably is like his best. 
movie into like a tech. I want to revisit thing. Inception. I would love to see Inception in a theater, dude. Yeah, that's a movie though. That's all it's doing. It's like reading an instruction manual. Oh my god, I don't care. No, I don't like, Ince- Inception <laughs> bothers me so much. Yeah. Inception bothers Guys, me. Guys, we're so discovering much. Tommy's kryptonite <laughs> Expo- I, exp- exposition. It was a running bit. I before I was. <laughs> It was a running bit in my fraternity that I hated Christopher Nolan, and I used to. I used to really not like him until I got over myself. And people would always make jokes about it, like, "Oh, Tommy, want to go watch Inception?" And I'd be like, "Shut up, guys!" <laughs> Tommy hates what? Christopher Nolan. I, I love like getting thing. bullied for liking a, <laughs> a semi-heady director who's extremely popular. I was getting bullied for the opposite. They're like, "You don't get it," and I'm like, "No, I do. I don't like it." There's a difference. That's wild. Uh, what you like, Wes Anderson? What pastels scare you? <laughs> Do you not <laughs> like it. the feeling of twee? I love film bro bully as a character. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, he, he's. I think Tenet is his major blemish, and everything else is cool. It's a blunder, yeah, for sure. Tenet's definitely, like, I'll openly admit it's probably his worst movie. I'm so into it. Like, I'm so Tenet pilled. Like, I know it's <laughs> not, I know it's not that good, but I'm just like, no, I, like I had this. so much fun. I, I appreciate the enthusiasm and the like, being able to just appreciate it as like a an experience and not really like, it's yeah. not saying anything really. It's just saying, and I, and I think the thing was, I just, I just thought that was refreshing. Yeah. Honestly, that's so crazy because I have <laughs> the most anti Nolan like critique of that movie in particular because it was like that was him going too fucking far. Yeah, and that's like, why I thought it was fun because it was so weird. Well, okay, so I watched that movie a with my parents in a quarantine scenario mm-hmm. at home, and I was just like, I am s- my a my parents were pissed that we were watching it because they were <laughs> just like, I, they it was so long, so loud, so like. <laughs> You know, it's, like yeah, yeah. And it was I, and I was just like, I, I have no clue what's happening. Doesn't matter. Everyone's talking in the uh-huh. most in ridiculous way. Yep. The editing is terrible. Uh-huh. Like I was just like, I am so out of this. You're speaking my language. That's insane because this is <laughs> we were just like, oh man, people can't be dramatic in Batman. Now, tenant, it's allowed. <laughs> It's so different. They're not. They're not. Doing, they're not trying to do philosophy in Tenet. Like it's fine. No, you didn't listen. All right. All right so what's a better way? Like I guess. Um, <laughs> I because I to me the scene where like uh, the philosophy is like upfront it to the most is when the Joker's talking to Two Face in the hospital. That's where it feels like reading an essay, basically. Yeah. But like I don't know how else. What is he supposed to say to Harvey Dent in that situation? I guess the problem is, are you kind of saying like the. The Joker is basically talking to Harvey Dent like he's stupid in order to like... No, he's saying stuff that Harvey, I think, already knows, but the audience should, but Christopher Nolan doesn't think they do, so he's explaining it anyway. I don't know. The point of that scene is that Joker is trying to implant ideas in his head so that he becomes I thought Harvey was already there. Like, that was my thing. Well, he definitely is in his heart, but is he there in his mind yet, or does the Joker... I guess maybe not. Because he is... That is... The the fun part of the movie is when... uh, He's like got that guy and he's torturing him and Batman catches his coin, mm-hmm. you know, and they're talking and they're both in their like character, you know, and they're doing their like gruff voices at each other. Um, yeah. So he's definitely there. He's ready. He's ready to be like a villain because he's what? Nothing. <laughs> no, what? I just, I just thought no more dead cops. It just came up in my head. And I just, I was just, I, anyway, sorry. Continue with your serious uh, yeah. thought. <laughs> 
Uh, he's ready to be a villain. Uh, so yeah, you're right. So you're saying like he's a smart guy. There's no need to like tell him what you're doing, Joker. You think he already understands what the Joker's doing, and that isn't going to influence who who he becomes either way. I don't know. I hadn't honestly I hadn't thought about that scene that heavily. The Joker's like, an influencer. He's got ideas. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's trying to influence people. And he's trying to turn Two Face heel. You know, he's got to tell him these things. Like he's trying to fuck with him. He's manipulating him. It's what he does. Yeah. I don't think I'll give that scene a pat. I mean, yeah. you brought up the scene. I didn't. I didn't bring up the. Yeah, scene, actually, we're but... mad at you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did, that one. I, that one didn't bother me as much. Honestly, the one that bothered me is like at the end, like the very end, when Dent and Batman are like yelling at each other. I was just so bored. <laughs> I was like, just wrap this up. Like you're just doing philosophy at each other. That's when it really bothered me. I think it was like the very end, and I don't remember specifically, specifically what right. they were talking about. Uh, can I can I ask you? Yeah, a go for it. All right, can we think of it this way? Yeah, that like maybe that's the point of the movie is that uh, a bunch of blowhards can say bullshit at each other all the time, uh, but at the end of the day, someone has to act, and that's what the coin is about. But then Batman. What's interesting about this movie is like uh, that I never got until literally the most recent time I watched it is like uh, the Joker keeps saying you're going to break your rule, you're going to break your rule of no killing. And, like, the whole time you kind of don't, um, I don't know, that Batman never really, uh, that he that he essentially does, the Joker really does, like, I don't know how to put this, like, not that I didn't get that part, but, like, um, the kind of psychological, I guess I didn't, I felt the weight, I guess maybe that's what I'm trying to say, I felt the weight of, like, he basically did kill somebody on purpose, um, and, like, uh, that the doesn't really matter how he felt about it. Uh, and then it's sort of like there are actions and non-actions and then like all the philosophy in between is sort of essentially pointless. That it's sort of like about the just like meaninglessness of those conversations at all. And once it comes down to like the nitty gritty of having to do something. I mean, I like I like that reading. I'd have a hard time attributing it to Nolan, but... Oh, that's fine. I will take all the credit for that. Okay. Let's <laughs> <laughs> I say, I, I, like, I like that reading a lot, but I, I just, I don't... I have a hard time seeing that as being the point, considering how seriously Nolan seems to take all those conversations and present them. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, <laughs> again, I guess what we're getting to is that it's it's just whether you choose to forego that part of your mind. It's whether or not, or not you like good movies. You're right. <laughs> uh, another Batman, like a Michael Keaton or Robert Pattinson movie does that better. Uh, just kind of brings that uh, out like... A, I don't think... The Keaton Batman movies have anything on their mind? No, no. I don't either. <laughs> and that's why I like them a lot. Um, the Batman, why I like that... I mean, that one has I, has exposition problems for completely different reasons, where it's just like a lot of them explaining the plot because there's so much plot. But I think it does a really good job of like... I don't remember there being any instance where I'm like, they're overselling like the Riddler being like this antithesis to Batman and like really delving into it in an explicit way, which I thought was... There's not like a, a mythology building aspect to it. Yeah, and I, I, well, there, there is, but it's just because it's happening. They're not trying to force it. Not that they force it in the Dark Knight. Like it just, it, it's there, but... I think both are valid courses of action as far as creating a movie. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's, it's not unlike the Spider-Man thing. It's like, I think the other Batman movies just tried to be big blockbusters, and they were, and they succeeded. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Again, I like The Dark Knight. I just want to... No, we just spent a 40 <laughs> minutes Tommy shit talking Christopher Nolan. Can we get another drink? 
Yeah, I yeah, need to use the bathroom. Let's take a little pause. We're going to pee and get some We're doing an album reviews right now. Clink. Joker's messed up. I saw that movie last night. Can you laugh like the Joker? No, don't. That's scary. Don't. Don't laugh. Dude, like dude, dude. Don't. Don't. Let's talk about the cocktail real quick. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, we got a co- we got a cocktail as we do every episode. Tonight it is the dark and stormy. A classic. A classic cocktail, some might say, which is dark rum, lime juice, and ginger beer. Simple, elegant, like the Dark Knight, I guess. I don't know. It has Garnished dark in the name. <laughs> what? Garnished with lime. Garnished with the lime in a glass with ice. Feel free to use black rum, new Tommy Kessler single from last, <laughs> from, from last February, I think. Uh, <laughs> good song, good song. Um, yeah, the dark, banger, yeah, the Dark Night and Stormy. Nice. Stormy Daniels was a person Whoa, at some point. Political. Whoa, are <laughs> just we a saying, political? Just saying <laughs> her name. Can't say anyone's name. <laughs> just say her name. So what do you guys think about uh, Alpha Brain? Um, <laughs> um, uh, Tommy, what, uh, what do you think... I'm going to ask you to speculate on another man's inner soul here. Okay. What do you think uh, motivates Christopher Nolan to make movies and like to make a specific kind of movie um, that is like a mass movie, but also has a very specific one type of dude's vibe mm-hmm. um, that does basically just explain essentially what is his own inner podcast between the Joker and Batman. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> this is what he's doing. So what do you, what's the motivation there? I think he's an ideas guy for sure. Like, He'll have an idea, like a conceptual something or other that he's like, I want to figure out how to show this. But then he gets very caught up on the making sure everyone understands what the idea is. But he seems like an ideas guy. Like, what if we could, like, enter people's dreams? Or what if Heat was a superhero movie, I guess? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, trace it back to the beginning of his career. I mean, if you think about... he. Has always been a big ideas person. Memento yeah. is it's, a, just, it's, it's an idea. Yeah, yep. it's an and idea it's, movie. It's idea the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. Um, the only one I haven't seen is Following, which is I like Following. One. I saw that a while it's, ago. It's a, yeah, it's a nice movie. Um, but like I was gonna say, like he's kind of always been a big movie person um, in his like tastes. Like even like I guess uh, you know Memento was probably his first like l- high budgeted feature, mm-hmm. um, and then. Insomnia, which I haven't seen that, which one. is high concept kind of detective. What's, yeah. what's that about? I don't, I don't know anything about Insomnia apart from Robin Williams and Pacino being in it. It's about um, Alaska when it's you know that part of Alaska where it is like daytime basically for six months out of the year. Mm-hmm. And Al Pacino is like a detective on a case out there for some reason, but he's from New York, so he's not used to it. So it's like basically about his mental degradation as he's trying to chase Robin Williams, who's like, do you remember? His I bit. barely remember. He's crazy for some reason. Yeah, he's just like a killer, crazy killer guy. But he's like, hmm. uh, he plays it in a way where he's like cold and like wholesome. He kind of appears wholesome, but he's actually a 
creepy serial killer kind of guy. I do want to see that. I want to see Robin Williams in that role. Sounds really interesting. And there's a iconic Al Pacino line when he first arrives in Alaska and he goes, because he's got some great ice. God damn it. I knew, um, I knew you were so, going to do something like that. I, and sorry, I, I, I didn't know where you were going to go with it, but I was like, Dan's going to do heat as me. I was, like, I was like, I have to deliver this so dry and I couldn't hold it. I'm just too fucking funny, guys. Um, so anyway, yeah, Chris Nolan, always been a big, big ideas type of guy. Yeah. Sometimes Which, the idea is too big. Sometimes it's Tenet. too big, too big for the movie. But I, but regardless of how I feel about his execution, I will always respect that. And I have a lot of respect for Christopher Nolan. This reminds me of a, a funny memory I have uh, being in an undergrad film school when um, it must have been like 2015 or so. So I'm thinking like, I guess he wouldn't have had a new movie out, but somebody was talking about like, maybe it was Dark Knight Rises or something. And I had a film professor... Yeah, I kind of thought his movie started falling off around Inception. And I remember thinking that was a wild take. <laughs> and I was just like, I mean, if you like Chris Nolan's movies, I don't think Inception is the one to, like, crucify. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. if you want to make fun of Dark Knight Rises, go nuts. Cause... Inception <laughs> is, like, the the peak of, of him being, like, Christopher Nolan. I think that's, like, him going peak, um, a weird idea, and then executing it well enough that like it still feels like a fun movie to watch interstellar is like two ideas it basically gets two idea through tenet and then oppenheimer there's kind of no specific idea he's just sort of telling this guy's well story. it's, it's yeah. about like everything yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah there's something just like so uh straightforward about it that it's like hard to it doesn't you don't, i don't feel like you're overwhelmed with like exposition sort of yeah oppenheimer was a story that was complex enough that had its own like in real life that had its own politics playing into it where he didn't have to really turn it into shakespeare you know? yeah it's all there yeah so yeah. but it was still unveiling kind of an interesting moral dilemma yeah that was more like an ethical idea versus like like a conceptual weird yeah. conceit yeah. to like build a movie off of it was the ethics of it i think he was interested in that was kind of the selling point perhaps do you remember the articles that were like, he Christopher Nolan says, I wanted to physically hurt you to watch the bomb. And then the, that scene comes up and you're like, oh, cool. That was a great scene. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of a great scene. It's just yeah. like kind of like exhilarating watching him from the side. And then you kind of like get his view and just like, he's just standing in that little. Well, space. it's like really quiet for a long time. Yeah. And yeah. that was cool. I was in the theater so anxious with my fingers and my ears like, it's going to get so loud. It's going to get so loud. It, I, don't, it, I don't like jumps. It didn't hit that hard though. It didn't. It did at the music box. Oh well. Music box was so fucking loud. All right. Well, landmark cinemas, you fucked up. <laughs> on my music behalf. boxes. I also saw Tenet at music box, and that was also so loud. <laughs> it's a loud theater. I love music box. Shut up, music box. Shut up, music box. I'm a member there. Everyone should go buy a membership. Thanks I to our sponsor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I just saw Conair at music box. Crazy movie. Great movie. Conair is awesome. Conair is a great movie. Yeah. I loved it. Unironically. That's your son's name. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I. Here's some other. Here's another Nolan directing note I have. Um, yeah, again, I think he elevated. I don't know, sort of lowbrow medium of comic book storytelling to something a little bit higher um, with this movie, and I think that maybe what's made it even harder to kind of like really appreciate that 
beyond just all the other movies that have attempted to do it now is that I think we live in a time past, like, like the internet was around and MySpace showed me the hospital getting blown up and everything at the time. But like the internet now has like the cinema sins kind of <laughs> mentality where it's like, well, there's a, it's a plot hole because that's why the movie's bad. And I like, I kind of feel like this movie kind of came out before a time when we were really treating things that harshly. And I think that has really poisoned the well on things like Star Wars too. That's um, it's a feature of comic book fandom that I think is like because of superhero movies like leaked into, like a more mainstream. Hmm. like watching and critiquing like people critiquing comic books that way yeah and just having that's why comic books have like a history of constantly like kind of repeating their timelines or figuring out ways to create new timelines so they're just fully rebooting yeah so they don't have to so yeah exactly (laughs) so they don't have to account for their mistakes essentially yeah um this movie kind of does that thing too for comics where it's like when you talk about comics being lowbrow and sort of a more just like entryway kind of like art form that's also the parts that kind of like stick the longest, you know? Um, and then when they kind of get serious in the eighties and nineties, they kind of go from being something that's accessible to everyone because they're just openly silly to being like, um, dark and gritty. And it's kind of yeah. like, then it's like kind of off putting and like not that accessible for a lot of people. And it's become, it becomes very like insular and sort of a toxic. And then like, um, the dark Knight does kind of do that for the idea of comic book movies where it like, it kind of hits, it's like a Watchmen, you know, where it kind of hits that apex of, like, presenting it seriously, but doing it in a way that's, like, still fun and understands and honors the characters, which The Dark Knight Rises kind of still doesn't doesn't really do. It doesn't really <laughs> honor it at all. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, but this one kind of, like, does that, but then every movie that tries to do that after is, like, a degradation of that concept until it becomes just sort of like an, uh, becomes like an insular thing again, because it... It's like Zack Snyder. You can't just be dark and gritty for the sake of it. It sort hmm. of takes the fun away. Yeah. It's it, got to be fun. It's, it's funny <laughs> it's that you mentioned that they, when they got serious because like the Frank Miller novels, which I, the Dark Knight returns. returns. I love the Dark Knight Returns. Which is kind of like yeah. way more cynical than... Fucking dark stuff in and, that and, book. And Alan Moore's work too with both Watchmen and um, The Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they turned the dial up to 10 on the darkness. And I think this movie broached the concept of treating, again, tr- elevating these characters and treating the stories with more reverence of of tone um, in an interesting way. But I, when I discovered that those kind of comic books existed, I ate it up because I was like, oh, my oh God. yeah, yeah. Like, um, what was that one called? Like Gods Among Us or something? Oh, I know that, but or some, I know what you're talking about. Gods yeah. Among Us is a an injustice video game. Oh, that's injustice. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but there's something like that. There is a comic. Uh, it's got that really crazy art style where everything looks really kind of like not photorealistic, but like pretty close. I don't know. Hmm. Um, uh, not familiar. Gods Among Us, Injustice Two. Check it out on PlayStation 3. Um, but yeah, I guess what I also I meant uh, it being a lowbrow medium in the sense of the mainstream world, obviously. Oh, I didn't take that offensively. Yeah, yeah. It's actually like in some ways kind of a compliment. But to, to clarify for all the listeners who are going to come to my doorstep. <laughs> um, Dan hates comic books and the general public. Um, I've read a couple. All right. 
I think of all comic books, I've read more Batman than most. But he also has like some of the most... Great like, books. Yeah. Because it's a great character to write, I feel like. Yeah, I've, totally. I've definitely read the most Batman. And then Spider-Man. But so much Batman. I had a Are those big, your top two superheroes? It, it goes back and forth on who's my favorite. They're my top two. Yeah. I love, I love Spider-Man. They're the two best characters. And yeah. That's why you can do so much with them. And yep. No one, it doesn't really ever get that stale. Yeah. I, I fucking love Spider-Man so much. Oh, my God. I got pretty... <laughs> Yeah, pretty in. I I've always been DC favorable. I when I start, I got started into like reading comics when I was about twenty, and uh, I had like a kind of a stint with it. But it's so difficult to like really get in there for the most part. Batman was good because like a I already kind of knew a lot about him from movies and things. But then like also you can kind of pick up wherever like you can go. Yeah. You can read Killing Joke on its own. You can read Dark Knight Returns on its own. Yeah. Um, or you know I read the um. The Court of Owls and yeah, and, yeah, and those yeah, books, yeah. Um, and Nightfall was another one. Um, I haven't read Nightfall, the Bane one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, the Green Lantern was always one of my favorites, and I looked up this list and I was like, "How to get into Green Lantern continuity?" And it was a list of like sixty fucking books. <laughs> and of course, the fourth one is like out of print, so you can't read it. And I'm like, dude, just like it's and not I, accessible. And I know that, yeah. like again, like you said, it's like they've you know restarted, rebooted, retimelined a lot of stuff. But I was yeah. like, I'm interested. Like going to the comic book store when I was. 15 or whatever and i would see the green lantern series where it was like this like the war of the lanterns and it's all the different i was like that looks so fucking cool and i was like i want to know about that and i can't because i have to read 60 fucking books together (laughs) um i tried starting batman over with one of the reboots i think it was new 52 and i still still gave up yeah Yeah, i still gave up on it i think that might be three weeks on these books yeah that might be the court of owls thing where that starts is new 52 is that also the one where the joker like rips off his face yeah i remember that vividly and being like what the fuck yeah it's too much for the first that can't be the number issue two you know what i mean like, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah that's like way into the relationship when he rips his whoa face yeah. <laughs> whoa yeah, there buddy put him when you start i'm the yeah. joker baby um that's what he said um uh, a great example again of how <laughs> dark knight poison society <laughs> that's that is actually a great point. Yeah. yeah um i want to circle back to um performances briefly because there's one there's one or two more i want to talk about um aaron eckhart his best movie i think i've seen some eckhart movies and uh thank you for smoking maybe yeah he's better than that but what what else is he in i don't feel like i've seen him in a lot of stuff (sighs) he's in um a steven soderbergh movie no aaron brockovich yeah he's in aaron brockovich um which is really funny because um this is this is gonna be such a niche thing for like probably no one who listens to this but (laughs) um if you look up uh Aaron Eckhart in Aaron Brockovich. Um, he. Do you want me to look it up? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> I'm a professional. Dan's like got his drink and his microphone, <laughs> typing this one-handed into his computer at the moment. All right, so that's a good look. Look at this. All right, folks, at home, looks... right now, Google Aaron Eckhart in Aaron Brockovich. I know who I think he looks like. I don't know if you're going where I think you're going. I, there's no way you're guessing what Chef I'm... Chef in What Hot American Summer? That's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. I was thinking Chef in What yeah, Hot American Summer looks sure. just like him. Yeah. No, I'm thinking Bandit Keith from Yu-Gi-Oh. No um, idea. <laughs> no idea. You guys get cultured, okay? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty There's awesome. an American guy in Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah, and he's a villain because he's American. As he should be. Jesus Christ. But doesn't no, that's the no same fucking guy. Everyone at home, look up... First of all... Aaron Eckhart in Aaron Brockovich, and then follow it with Bandit Keith from Yu-Gi-Oh. And then also Chef from What Hot American Summer. Yeah, yeah. What's it? He has a name. Do you remember what his actual name is? 
I should know this. I'm like, uh, I'm looking at what his character's know. name is. That's going to bother me. I'm pretty, uh, pretty out there when I'm watching What Hot American Summer. So I love it. That's, that's in my top list. four movies ever. Gene. Gene, thank you. That really would have bothered me if I had... Right it. off the top of the head. You looked it. I, I can see your Google. <laughs> I'm looking at Banded Keith from Yu-Gi-Oh! right now. <laughs> You're looking at that cast of Wet Hot American Summer. Nah, that doesn't sound right. Um, Gene, but I yeah. should have known that. That's embarrassing. Uh, uh, my favorite moment in the movie, <laughs> meaning the dumbest part of the movie for me, and people <laughs> complain about this, is when the Joker walks in and Aaron and like Harvey Dent <laughs> doesn't respond until he takes off the mask and then he gets mad the Joker's there. Yeah. It's like, who did you think that was, buddy? Wait. Do you, do you have an excuse for that? Wait, wait, wait. No, it's just... Well, I'm trying to remember the scene. Okay. Wait, is this it's, it's the party? It's when the Joker first walks into the hospital. The Joker's wearing a ma- like a surgical mask and like Harvey Dent doesn't oh, yeah. respond. And then he, goes, and he takes the mask off and he's yeah. like... Rrr. Yeah. So you have no <laughs> faith whatsoever. Zero percent faith that that was intentional comedy on the part of the... Filmmaker. It's such no, a weird part to be like funny. No, the funny all. part is how he goes, hi. That's, how, that's the funny hi. part. Uh, <laughs> I think he's pretty good. I, I I always think it's funny the way that actors play really traumatic moments. When people are in like a lot of distress, they're like kind of ugly while they're doing it. And yeah. I think the like, Rachel, no, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm like, I don't know about that as a performative <laughs> choice. But I'm also kind of like, I don't know, maybe not. I don't it didn't, it didn't bother me, but speaking of Rachel's, I like Maggie Gyllenhaal a lot in this. Ooh. I'm a big no? Maggie Gyllenhaal fan. She's you don't you don't like okay. Her? So this maybe it's a hot take. I think she's totally wrong in this movie. It's not mm. a great follow up from Katie Holmes. It's like a huge vibe shift that. Um, yeah. I don't remember much about Katie Holmes' performance. I'm being, I haven't seen Batman Begins in forever. She's, yeah, it's just pretty Katie Holmes. Yeah. But it's just, okay. I just feel like the that whole relationship dynamic changes with the actress because they play it so differently. Yeah. So it I, it, I it, it kind of does. I think that's a weak part in the movie. I'm sorry, I'm gonna over. No, go, no, go ahead. I just do like I, not Maggie Gyllenhaal's performance, but like just the change in actresses just does seem to like reduce the stakes. I feel like of which is what is essentially Bruce Wayne's whole dramatic arc in the movie. But mm-hmm. like I just don't. It's like the one thing I. Uh, no, I don't feel like attached to because it just feels like a new woman that you're meeting because she just plays it so differently. Gotcha. But you're supposed to believe that he loves her the way that like that for his whole life, you know? Yeah. I guess like I don't care about Batman Begins enough to like consider that when I'm watching The Dark Knight or whatever. I don't know. I like how smart she plays Rachel and that to me make like clicks why Bruce is so like infatuated with her. Yeah. I, that's I like that's the, yeah, like yeah, my yeah. thing, I guess. Uh, I do. I know what you're saying. I do agree with yeah. that too. I guess I do. I do feel like she. Uh, I guess I just feel like the relationship dynamic just changes. Yes, because she plays it differently. Yeah, but I, I do. I, I do think yeah. I like the way I like that version of Rachel Moore. I'm sorry. Let me talk over. No, you. you're good. You're good. Um, yeah, I, but I do agree with you about that. Yeah. Dan, why do you hate Maggie Gyllenhaal? <laughs> I don't hate Maggie Gyllenhaal. I don't. I just don't like this performance. I guess I. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal is in one of my favorite movies of all time, um, Donald Darko, in which she oh, plays. Yeah. Um, Old Jay elder elder Darko. <laughs> um, I don't remember her name in the movie. Is she um, the one that says fuck ass? G- it's Jean. Yeah, it's Jean. Ass. Her yeah. name is Jean. Yeah, Jean. Everyone's yeah. name is Jean if you don't know the <laughs> character's name. I, I guess, I don't know. It's like her performance in this movie is like, I'm trying to find the right word for it. It's like swaggering. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. she's very like, she's I like. I get what you're getting at. You know what I mean? Like she's very like, uh. Like when she's yeah, interrogating yeah. Lao, she's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. she's like, and just so uh, we know, uh, and it's just kind of like, I don't know. There's something weird about it. I don't feel the chemistry between her That's... and Dent, and I don't feel the chemistry between her and Batman. 
Um, it's because she has such a uh, I what I what to what Tommy's saying. I think that like her version of what Rachel is and could be is like very um, like interesting, and I like watching it. But it doesn't connect to the like love story part of it. It just doesn't because it's almost like such a powerful character that like yeah. it's hard to believe that she would even give a shit about either of these guys. Really. Yeah, you know totally. I mean? yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I just don't, I don't quite understand that choice, I guess. Cause I'm not, I don't even think like the things that she says don't make sense or anything. It's just like the way that they're played is, is, is pretty big. And it's kind of like everybody else is, or at least Bruce and, and Harvey are a little more understated in, in their romantic and the romantic moments. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't quite understand it. But then she dies. So <laughs> you got your wish, Dan. Yeah, the whole time. God, I God, want you to finally. I, she's dead. I oh want you God. to kill Spider Man. Um, uh, are you guys Spider Man three fans? I love Spider Man three. I, I like Spider Man three. I'm not like it's not my favorite. I have a take, a specific take about it, which is that I think it's actually better than the majority of superhero movies that have come out since then. Despite like the sort of like reverence for these movies, I think it's just more fun. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of chances that are yeah. good. It's by far the worst of those three movies though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spider- I mean, I think Spider-Man 2 is perfect. Like I have no comp- I have no notes. But memes have also done a lot for it. Just like Phantom Menace, you know, like memes have done a lot of work for it. Actually, Dark Knight <laughs> Rises too. Honestly, have write a bad enough movie that where a lot of people write a lot of memes about it, you're good. And the public opinion will kind of come around. It's Yeah. yeah. It's it has affected me for sure because Spider Man three the prequel movies <laughs> and Dark Knight Rises are all entertaining to me because they're memes. <laughs> like the fir- like the opening scene of Dark Knight Rises, uh, you're a big guy for you. <laughs> like it's that scene is edited insane. Like it's cocaine editing. It's like uh, like Doctor Pavel, I'm CIA. Like he's like that's not like who would say that. That's not your name. Who would say that? It's it's that scene is a really great example of like like what you're critiquing yeah. about the Dark Knight, where it's like everybody's saying everything like they're in a movie. Yeah, and it's like it's my least favorite thing in movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh man, it cracks me up though. The mask of the man. <laughs> Bane. <laughs> It's endlessly quotable. All right, so this is the segment where we read quotes from the movie that entertain us. Can I do my list of lines and maybe roll my eyes? Yeah, are, are we there? Yeah, yeah. Guess that's why they call him the Joker. I guess the Joker's as crazy as they say. Those aren't in the movie. Those are both in the no, movie. No, you made those, those up. Those are both in the scene you said, you said was perfect. No, 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 no. Those aren't in the movie. Those are, um, those are Simpsons MP3s that Tommy <laughs> plugged into the computer. Of the famous Dark Knight Simpsons parody. Yes. Um, um, we have uh, Scarecrow saying, not in my diagnosis. I like that line. I don't like that line. I don't like that line. Not in my diagnosis. I don't like that line. Oh, man. That's Killian Murphy who's about to win Best Actor. Don't tell me, don't <laughs> tell me you don't like, uh, I'm not wearing hockey pads. I like that Dude, one. that line I, I call fucking it when I was rips. It. No, that one is my good list. Right. We want to put that, uh, we want to sample that on an album. So if we do it, just do it. Yeah. I'm not wearing hockey pads. I love That's that line. Fa- I fucking love That's that. a great line. Um, we have... I just wrote the entire conversation between Rachel and Harvey where they introduced the coin when they're in the courtroom just talking about philosophy and their differences. <laughs> I'm like, shut the fuck up. I hate the whole courtroom scene. I do hate um, the the carbon fiber gun thing. It makes I, no sense. And yeah. it just like the whole movie. I, I hate it because now that I know it and I like the movie, I'm like, 
this whole thing could have never happened if that gun just worked. Like the, I'm just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, why introduce true. such high stakes so early on? I like don't get by American. <laughs> I'll show you hostile. <laughs> <laughs> and then okay, but that's and then that scene ends with um, he's like, all right, we'll take a recess, and he goes. But judge, I'm not done. I mean, that's one of the lines. I'm like, that, judge, I'm not that, done. that line is so wild. I'm like, that's kind of a banger. No, I'm that's like, in my that's in the roll my eyes list. It's on the roll my eyes list. No, nah, the people in the the people in the courtroom. Yeah, literally yeah, applaud. That's what cheer. I was gonna say. They literally start applauding him, and I'm like, God damn, Nolan's so full of no, himself. No, oh Nolan is God. the greatest. I just decided Nolan's the greatest entertainer of all time. Uh, like he, his worst lines are the funniest ones. Um, three lines that made me say no shit were you got rules the Joker he's got no rules um, this one you, might be controversial but when he's like you're the symbol of hope I could never be I was like no shit and the other one where he's like it's not about the money it's about sending a message I was like okay also no shit he was the best of us like that kind of stuff I'm like come on just get, o- uh, just get over it well the you whole end be. of the movie is uh, literal just it's just the explaining yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. I don't like the end of the movie yeah. that much uh, but okay but in 2008, I, I think, we I popped. That the, I think that what's more interesting here is how much I feel like I'm learning about you and your distaste for being talked down to in a narrative I am format. a smart oh. man. Yeah, no, I, no, I, no, no, no. I mean, I appreciate it because no, I, yeah, I feel yeah, the yeah. same way. I feel the same yeah, way. Yeah, no, I just, I just, it's not even, yeah, no, it's that. It's that. Yeah, no, it's I fine. I was going to say fine, something else, fine, but I think, I think I agree. Honestly, okay. That's a very interesting point. I don't, I don't know if it's being talked down to so much as I want to be trusted. Like, I want yeah. there to yes. be mutual yeah, yeah. trust yeah, yeah. between yeah, yeah. me and the film. Totally. That's the positive way. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to say this. <laughs> Overwhelmingly, majority of movies, I feel the exact same way. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be talked down to. I don't want things explained to me. Do you think most movies do that? I guess that's my question. Do you think that's a common movie yeah. problem? Okay. Well, I think we're smarter than the average movie viewer in a, in, in a lot of ways. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, we are in DIY bands, dude. <laughs> we know what's guys. Up. I got I got two pieces of paper right here. Dan has no, studied I know, movies. I've been looking at them the whole time. I, I got two pieces of paper here that he's say, gesturing toward his diplomas. I, I know I know something. I know something, guys. Yeah. I think I, at the very least, I have I have learned the codes. Yeah. I have learned the codes of movies. Yep. So I think when when a movie is doing too much to tell me things that I already know. It does. I don't like that. It does yeah. frustrate me. I, I totally understand. Yeah. I guess. And we're not arguing against each other at all. I know. For I know. people I at know. home. We love each other. Yeah. That's we're funny. literally. Yeah. We're not arguing against each other. Um, we're, we're explaining our philosophy out loud, much like the characters <laughs> in the dark Knight. Um, Joker and Batman should have just had a podcast. They could have sorted it out so much quicker. I don't like being talked down to. I don't like being treated like an idiot. And I think, like I felt that way watching Tenet because, like you know, on the on the on the flip side of this, it's like that movie does treat you like an idiot. It literally says don't. But like in a sexy that. way, so it's fine. Yeah. If it's sexy, I don't care. It's like a sexy scientist, right? Like a. If it's like a like being talked down to, like a oh yeah kind of way, I'm like into it. But if it's like a being talked down to kind of way, I don't like <laughs> yeah. it. Well, city just showed you. <laughs> you were the best of us. <laughs> a bright night. Who can do? I don't. I don't even know the lines. It's just like, it doesn't but, matter. Yeah, it does, pretty much. Doesn't that's pretty matter. much it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, of course, I enjoy smart movies, but I also don't like. You know, I feel the same way, and I could, I could totally empathize with somebody who feels that way about Inception. You know, where yeah. it's like, yeah, why am I just listening to a bunch of explanation things? Yeah, I totally get that. 
Um, on the other hand, like I like I've said a lot of times, and maybe it, I don't think it invalidates my opinion, but it's certain worth taking into consideration that again, like I said, this was a huge deal for me yeah. as a thirteen year old, and still to this day, I think all the other elements of it are yes. are are fantastic and and give it enough privilege for me to buy in. Um, I also am at a point in my life and in my experience with artistic forms where I am learning to appreciate things that are not trying to do too much, you know? And I, and I, yeah. I, I, I like, like, for example, I have a coworker who um, has a master's in poetry, but he was, but I was like, I was like, you know, you know, what, like, what kind of stuff do you read these days? Because I'm sure, like, you must be like like me, where you're like so burnt out on mm-hmm. on the regular shit, regardless of it's acclaimed or not or whatever. And and you know, he's like, I just mostly read nonfiction now. You know, I read a lot of news articles, whatever. And I'm like, I'm kind of the same way, where it's like I am almost more excited about watching like some direct to Redbox movie that Stone Cold Steve Austin was in than <laughs> I am the Zone of Interest. Like, I I just like yeah, it's just. <sighs> I love the I love the basics and I mm-hmm. and I and I appreciate things that aren't doing the most and yeah. I and I like and when you can have the experience that I think that I have with the Dark Knight, whereas I am bypassing my own prejudices <laughs> to enjoy something yeah, genuinely, I'm I'm celebrating it. Well, that's you know? amazing, yeah, yeah. So that is that is a big thing for me. Yeah, but I totally recognize your argument, and <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm not wearing hockey pants. Pants. I, I've always I've always heard pads. it as pants. It's pads. I've always heard it as pants, and I think it's way funnier. I don't think hockey pants is a thing. Yeah. What do you think they wear during hockey? Pants. Um, for hockey. They're not specific. I'm gonna call Are Josh Kane specific? right now and ask <laughs> him if hockey jo- pants exist. <laughs> do you have more uh, lines that made you roll your eyes? Those are the main ones. Um, well, we like turkeys on Thanksgiving down there. Oh, yeah. That whole character Classic. is so annoying. But I think that's... Is that, that's not good. That's not good. I think that, that they make that guy annoying on purpose, but I don't... I've No matter what, I can't understand what the purpose yeah, is. Yeah, why? <laughs> oh, the, the SWAT driver? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, no, like, the yeah. You didn't do any justice to his it's not good. No. <laughs> uh, oh, that's not good. That's how he does it. <laughs> <laughs> they do that. In, they literally do that in every one of these Batman movies, where there's a scene of cops just being annoying for some reason. Like uh, <laughs> he's flying on rooftops. That's the Batman Begins. They what? What is the? I don't know, man. Cops hey, have a very. Christopher Nolan does kind of hate cops. That is basically the through line in all these. Batman well, I was movies. gonna say in Dark Knight Rises, it, there's a lot of I'm a cop. Like like Joe Gor- Joe Gorlev's whole fucking character is. Yeah. I'm a cop. Show me end, some respect. But at and then the at the end, end he's like, vigilante. he throws his badge yeah, off yeah, this thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's. Uh, he that is weird. State anymore, bro. No more dead cops. <laughs> <laughs> things are worse than ever. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. The sound design choices. <laughs> like it's not like I. I almost guarantee you it was not Christopher Nolan's choice to put those lines in. But like in editing, they were like. We need some lines here. Yeah, yeah it's too dead. Yeah, and the- <laughs> that's the part of the movie that I find completely like hard to even. I don't follow that in like an emotional way because the look Christian Bale gives when he decides he was about to turn himself in as Batman, mm-hmm. and he makes that split second decision, and the look he gives is just not convincing at all. That he just had a huge moment of like existential <laughs> awakening. You know what I mean? Hmm. Because he's just kind of like, huh. All right. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, this guy's gonna do <laughs> it. Fine. Fuck it. Fuck it. Oh, he's like, 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He literally like wipes the beat of sweat from his forehead. That would have been awesome. He goes, oh, I, thank God. That scene is wild. He's like, all right, take the Batman into custody. <laughs> And then, and then everybody's like, "There's a, there's another guy, like you know, voice in the background that goes, what? <laughs> One day, the Batman will have to answer for the laws he's broken. But to us, not to this madman. No more dead cops! Yes! 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 You should turn himself in! Give us And he goes, I am the Batman. And then, yeah, Christopher Nolan says, or Chris, Christopher Bale sits down. Christopher. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, classic. Oh, no, yeah, you're right, Alfred. Letting Harvey take the fall is not heroic at all. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm fucking talking about. Like, I'm like, dude, chill out. Chill out, Maggie. It's not sealed. Yeah, she's, she's going hard. Yeah. yeah. She's fun to watch. She's just not the same character from the movie. She just, it just doesn't have... It's that emoji right. where it's like the nails being painted the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's her character. Uh, uh, Trust me, Harvey. We, ha- we haven't Bruce talked about else. we haven't talked about all the, like the chi- little Chicagoisms in this. Nice, movie. I had, shot in I had Chicago. A Very Chicago movie. Yeah. Um, my big note, and I texted you guys this when I was watching it, but I'll say it again anyway. You can see a Benny's in the background when he's driving underneath the L in his Lamborghini. There's a Benny's in this movie, and that does my heart so good. That is crazy. Awesome. Shout out to Benny's sponsor us. Benny's, I buy all my liquor from you and we make like every cocktail we've made on this show. Oh damn. Give me money. Yeah. Yeah. That's a one time offer, Benny's. One time offer, give me money. So if you're at least an hour twenty deep into this uh (laughs) podcast there. Benny's social media team. Um Benjamin or whatever your name is. (laughs) Um (laughs) in the opening scene. Uh, the school bus has an Illinois license plate, but instead of Illinois, it says Gotham. Oh. As if Gotham's the state. Nice little touch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Cool. Uh, <laughs> they really do do that. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, there is a Bud Select Neon. What? In the scene where Joker, like, delivers himself faking his death to gamble, and then he's like, you know, he does the tryouts. That they don't scene. even sell Bud Select in Illinois, really. Well, they might have in 08. Back when Damn. it was 607 when they're filming. I mean, he really Yeah. Well, it must. <laughs> how see, how this far we've fallen? Yeah, Bud Select lore very important to Bud, movie club. Oh, yeah. Bud Select that's lore. That's Bud Select is the most important thing to me. That's the, that's the comment. It's very important because it's brewed for the Lou. It's brewed for the Lou, uh, except for in this case Michael? when I've heard you talk about it before. In some kind, have you had Bud Select? I don't know. No, I don't drink. Oh my god, Bud. I'm a Miller Bud's, guy mostly. That's sad, but Bud this Select is, is so much better than any Miller product I've I, ever had. I like Bud Heavy. But Heavy's really yeah, good. Yeah, that's the only one I've but, really had. But Bud's, Bud Heavy's really good. Bud Heavy Draft is amazing. I like the Bud Light Lime, too. I do like Bud Light BLL, Lime. BLL, sure. Yeah. yeah. You, ever have a, you ever have a BLO? Bud Light Orange? I have. Uh, I have. No, I don't those like those are much. pretty good. I, don't like I went on the brewery tour, and they had a sample of it. I didn't love it. They, like, pull it out of a fucking barrel as <laughs> if it's natural. <laughs> Not just juice. Yeah. <laughs> no, I went, I went on the brewery tour, but I paid the extra money to where you got, like, free samples of stuff they had bottled, like, that day. And it was, like, you had to choose between Bud Light Lime or Bud Light Orange or what? I think there was one other flavor. And I was like, well, I've had Bud Light Lime, so I guess I'll try Bud Light Orange. And it, like, was fine. Yeah, I didn't hate it, but I'm not going out on limb for it. But Bud, Bud Select. I need to tell my dad next time. He listens to all these episodes. Dad. When you come to Chicago next... Bring a 30 rack. Bring a 30 rack of Bud Select so I can give one to Michael. 
Thank you, Dad. I, I, dude, I love Bud Select. It, Bud Select's it, so good. It was my so my my two beers of choice, and the other one is also not available in Chicago. When I was um, living at home, um, before I moved to Chicago, were Bud Select and Natty Light. No Natty Light in this city. Really? Yeah. Oh, that have was you, a have staple you, in college. Have you seen I, I, a I never looked. Natty Light I never looked for it. It is Anheuser Busch's third best-selling brand. That makes sense. And it has. They spend exactly zero dollars on advertising. It is a beer that sells itself. Yeah, that was like big at, at yeah my college. Yeah, <laughs> college beer. That's how I. Yeah. yeah. Um, the point is, Bud Select is ninety-nine calories and it's brewed for the loo. Brewed for the loo. Also, not an advertiser, but plenty of free but advertising. We, wanna, what do you think we're doing <laughs> right now? Want to chip in? Bud Select. We got if some, you're listening. Become a patron. We got some AB links here on the we podcast. Do. We got some AB. We have connects. one very big AB link. Yeah, at least one. Yeah, at least one. Chicago stuff. Um, this movie shares exactly one cast member with local band 2024. What? It's true. Um, so Brian Houlihan, who's a friend of mine that I worked with, um, plays the Italian restaurant manager in local band, the movie. Yeah. Um, and is one of the nurse orderlies in the hospital evacuation sequence. Wow. Um, he told me this story, um, about... Just being around in Chicago as like a working comedian, actor, whatever, and answering a, a casting call for background people of a general sense. Um, and said he was like lighting up a joint or something, like waiting around on set. Um, and Did he know what he was on set for? At yes. The time? Yeah. Uh, and he said, uh, he said that like there was like some security guard who was like, "Yo, let me hit that or whatever," and then he's like, "Yeah, sure, man." And, and it he's was like, "Christopher it Nolan." It was Christopher Nolan. <laughs> no, it was uh, the guard was like, "Hey, you want to like get a little closer or whatever?" And and he said he's like, "Okay, yeah." And he got like into like featured extra territory, and he's seen very briefly in one shot where they're loading people on, and you can like clearly pretty see like see his face and everything. And he told me that like. He he was on. He's got you know scrubs on, but it had a full character name like on a name tag. Wow! And I'm like, that's very detailed. He's a character in The Dark Knight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that's pretty wild. We love when things get shot in Chicago. Frankly, this movie love does it. feel very Chicago. Dark Knight Rises is like Pittsburgh or something. All over. It's it. totally yeah, different. Yeah. yeah. Lame. Uh, I don't think it's Pittsburgh. I've never been there, but I'm assuming it's worse. Oh, uh, it's no, it's a nice place. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, take it back. Take yeah. back. Also, I think my family's from there. So. Take back. <laughs> no. You're right. Shout out to Mac Galante. Right? Oh, Galante, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to say anything uh, bad about Pittsburgh. Uh, no, nice place. And uh, it has to kind of be, it's great for the Dark Knight Rises because it's a, it's a got like the rivers that yeah. surround the city. So yeah. it makes a great sense for that plot. Totally. But it's just weird that it's a completely different yeah, city. Yeah, I do agree because he does a little bit of Batman Begins in Chicago. Yeah. That's a movie that's hard to watch now because the CGI doesn't hold up and there's like a CGI parts of Gotham that are like a it's like chicago downtown but then they just put like the really bad neighborhoods right next to downtown instead of kind of like spread out from there yeah so it's like uh they just cgi all of it in but it looks pretty bad now Dang. and there's like a really nicely functioning train system yeah 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 <laughs> right through the heart yeah yeah, yeah yeah right through the heart of gotham wayne tower <laughs> what are we talking about oh um what about can we talk about some things that don't really work in this movie or make much sense like uh how did Jim Gordon fake his death from everybody, including the people that were right there with him? Oh, fuck if I know, yeah. That doesn't... Classic I Gordon. I don't know. I know, I know. Uh, what <laughs> happened? Did he Always faking wheeled, his death. Did he fake being dead 
on uh, onto a stretcher in an ambulance to a hospital and then like get put into a morgue and then escape from the you know what i mean like how long do you do that who I don't know. I don't. I this don't is know. Ex- this, yeah. This is this is exactly the kind of like plot detail where like when we were younger and watching it in the movie theater, we were like, okay, yeah, <laughs> sick. And now like we're kind of like, wait, what? How hmm. many people had to be in on it, and which ones? And like, how do you make that decision and plan that? Any movie where you fake your own death is demanding the, a lot of questions. having faked my own death at least three times <laughs> what i can say about it yeah give us your insights my insight you gotta you can't let a lot of people know because it defeats the point yeah like yeah. two people maybe who can like be accomplices um that's the big thing you can't let a lot of people know my buddy andy did that yeah how'd it go still dead cool kaufman uh, um, uh, all i can think of is the sunny episode where charlie and mac fake their death there's an episode where Charlie and Mac fake their death and they want to fake a car crash. So like we need to crash our car into a building and have it explode. And there's a scene of just Mac driving the car into a building but doesn't have time to jump out and just crashes the car <laughs> and gets so fucking injured. I love that show. Sorry. Me too. I'll do it. I love that show. Love Always Sunny. So good. I have another question about this movie. Something I genuinely didn't understand. So like through the whole movie, uh, Dent is going you got all these crooked cops in your unit. You know what I'm talking about? To Gordon. Yeah. He's like, that's his whole MO. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, I still don't understand exactly what that was about or what the context of it was like, cause you pretty much, you see, you know, like there's the older guy who's got like the, like picture of Abraham Lincoln and Sasquatch (laughs) on the wall. And then you've got (laughs) Ramirez, right? Yeah. And then it's like, so was Ramirez, a double she agent was, um, or something? She, her mom was in the hospital. She right. mentions that at the beginning with Gordon. Yes. So her excuse, her rationale is she needs the money to help pay for her mom's hospital bills. Right. Yeah. Mm. Um, oh, so she is doing things for the mob to pay yeah. for the hospital bills. Yeah. Okay. That did not, that was not beat over my head, unlike most <laughs> things. <laughs> they don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't, they don't spend a lot of time on like the, you just have to. It's just like a given. You that have cops to believe, are corrupt, yes, I guess, exactly. and you have to believe that Harvey Dent really cares. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the, the the quick backstory with that is like him and Gordon in his office, and you understand that his career was built on basically working in, in like a DA's office. In like, internal affairs. Yeah, he yeah. Says, so he was basically yeah. prosecuted a bunch of cops, so the cops hate him. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I don't like the fact because they would that see him as a unit yeah. was a bunch of people that I investigated while I was an yep. IA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, you guys like that scene on the rooftop? The three of them. That is like ripped straight from the comic books. I like, like that scene. Yeah. yeah. That's like a, yeah. With Denton, Gordon, uh, and, Gordon Batman. and Batman. And yeah. Batman doesn't speak for most of the scene. That's and pretty just, awesome. Yeah, I like uh, that scene. He's just kind of there. Yeah. Uh, but, like, yeah, I just kind of never put that all together. Like, because Ramirez also, like, like concerned because they were going to blow up a hospital, right? And so it was like, that's another element of, like, oh, she's willing to do whatever. But I never quite understood what Dent was so suspicious of. I think um, he just had already, like, basically investigated them and he was like, just saying in general lots of cops can be corrupt because everyone in the city is kind of corrupt i think those cops specifically he had investigated to some degree and like found them to be corrupt but they like couldn't get them in trouble for whatever reasons i'm sure they have a strong union in gotham the police union is probably and like, gordon's only reason for that is he says like i'm doing the best with what i have yeah, yeah. okay um because the whole because the because the point of the movie is that the system this is the kind of thing that i think this maybe maybe this is where i do think the movie does have like a more subtle and and sort of like thoughtful approach to the some of these bigger, um, but they're not ideas. They're like kind of it's like, like plot intricacies yeah. that it doesn't take, well, it doesn't need to really, I guess. But just this idea that there is like a an uh, an un 
resolvable corruption within the system. Yeah. The whole plot of the movie hinges on that you can't even trust your police officers, and so then everything becomes... There is no real authority, right? Yeah. So, Except the Batman. Yeah. Until the next movie, when the police officers are all put underground, and then like all the criminals rise up and become... <laughs> a, a weird, like, apocalyptic Lord of the Flies situation, yeah, and then when the cops thing. are freed, they finally take down all the <laughs> bad guys. I remember, like, yeah. nothing about Dark Knight Rises, I'm realizing. Uh, but, yeah, in general, like, that is something I've always kind of noticed, is, like, the it, it is, this Dark Knight is, is very into kind of very widespread, pure ideas of, like, good and evil, in a way. Yeah. And, like, you know, they're, or at least, like, daring to be good in a world full of evil is a big part of it right mm-hmm. um and to and and harvey dent like his arc is about succumbing to the idea that maybe it's futile it was just easier the whole time he was just yeah. fighting that off but he put all his energy into that so people and that's why we gotta, bad. that's why we got to chase him ah because he's a silent protector he's a spooky guy <laughs> He's a big he's bat. Freaky a little bat boy. He's a, he's a sick little freak. He's a dark knight. That was a direct MP3. I want to mention one other scene that I really love, and that's um, um, a <clears throat> long time ago, me and uh, my friends were in Burma <laughs> investigating a tangerine. That's, that's, <laughs> the, size the size of a tangerine. Of a tangerine. <laughs> One of my f- like okay. yeah 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 the whole idea that Bruce Wayne would be like so why steal him <laughs> didn't you already, this, is what you're, this is what you're talking about didn't you already get it you know why. <laughs> you because he thought it was good sport because he thought it was I love I'm, my my Alfred is so much more like London British that's way more Michael Caine and Tenet I don't know that's just a joke that he acts the same in all those movies I. I like I remember watching this movie and having the idea of like it would be really funny to recut this scene, but he just keeps saying tangerine over and over again. And then I looked it up on YouTube and somebody fucking did it already. It's called the Tangerine Night. It's one of the funniest fucking videos. And he's like, <laughs> a long time ago, I was in Burma. My friends and I were working for the local government. They were trying to buy the loyalty of tribal leaders by bribing them with a tangerine. But their caravans were being raided in a forest north of Rangoon by a bandit. So we went looking for the tangerine. But in six months, we never met anyone. One day, I saw a child playing with a tangerine. The bandit had been throwing them away. So well, because he thought it was good sport, because some men aren't looking for anything logical. Some men. Just want a tangerine. A tangerine. <laughs> because his delivery of that is so intense and it's it's so memorable. I don't know why. There are a lot of just like yeah, that, that movie this movie is like rapid fire, just memorable little things for no reason. Uh the part there's a part at the end when Lucius Fox is like guiding him through that fight with the SWAT officers and he says, There's some bad guys up on the next floor, and I'm like, why would you say no one say it? <laughs> <laughs> there's some bad guys. <laughs> I also never quite understood um, the the clowns or the hostages. Everyone like, <laughs> like I get that they're like, you know, he Joker's setting him up to like have them kill the hostages by accident. Mm-hmm. But like, so the bad guys were on the ground 
And they're just the like hanging out in like doctors' outfits. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they. Yeah, not one of Joker's best plans. Nah. I think it's just it's just a small diversion to yeah. keep to keep things at bay a little bit. He knew that Batman was gonna figure. Yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. He okay. wanted Batman to get there. He wasn't. It also it. makes Batman look like the bad guy that's fighting the SWAT team. That's a great so, point. Yeah, Ooh, that's a great point because that's the night that Batman killed Harvey Dent. Yeah, he Ooh, pushed true. all those police officers. He pushed all those police officers off. Uh, they were all tied up. Yeah, he made a point to not kill any of them. Right, but then he just went and killed Harvey Dent. Yeah, yeah. We're supposed to believe that? <laughs> <laughs> that bullshit. <laughs> what are you talking this about? Bullshit movie. <laughs> so, do they ever say they don't ever say the words Two Face in the movie? Do they? They do. Oh there's, wait, there's a yeah. scene where he's like, "What do they call me down at?" And whatever, yeah, 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 and then he's like, right. they call "Harvey Two Face." I, I also noticed that, like, but they mentioned they almost mentioned it earlier in the movie when he's like, "I heard they got another name for me yeah, down mm-hmm. at." Yeah, and then it just goes to the next scene. Yeah, I think it goes, goes to, the, to the next the, the court scene. Yeah, um, and then of course at the end, the classic line. So I think I'm Two Face. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Some kind of a Two Face? <laughs> so that's it, huh? I'm some, some kind, kind of Two Face. <laughs> That was, that was the joke I was trying to make. <laughs> <laughs> that is the fun, dude. Like, it's like it's like four chan wrote a fucking movie script. <laughs> like, for I'm talking about the Suicide Squad directed by David Ayer. Like, so that's it, huh? Some, some kind of Suicide, suicide squad. squad. Amazing. Uh, I only saw that once. I, I no, I've seen it twice. I saw it once in theaters, and I saw the extended cut because I was optimistic yeah. it'd be a little bit better, and it wasn't. It was just more of worse. I did the exact well, same. when they release the air cut, you know, it'll be the best. It'll be so yeah, it'll, it'll be the greatest DC film of all time. Have you guys seen the Snyder Cut? <sighs> I, yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I haven't, Me no. too. Yeah, yeah I, like, I liked it a lot. I, I'm i pro Batman versus Superman extended cut. I am too. Yeah. See, I thought I was. I, dude, I, I don't know. I, I remember. I think I had... The la- I remember watching the extended cut of that and just thinking like, wow, this is a very long train wreck. <laughs> like, I can't not, I can't look away, but yeah. It's-, it's the can't looking away that I was, I was sold. See, it was, I, I mean, I'm fine with that. That was around the time that I was reading those comics and I was so excited for it because I was like, okay, they're pulling on all these like edgy comic books that I like. Mm-hmm. And like, he's trying to give it the Frank Miller, Alan Moore treatment and like, you know, make it like make Superman political or whatever. And I was like, that's exciting. And then, um, you know, Doesn't. it was, I also hated that they used, um, apocalypse in that movie. Yeah. That was dumb. They didn't need the no. pull that in. Do you, what's the, what is What's the big difference? What's the like, um, qualitative kind of, kind of difference between like these Nolan movies and the Snyder movies that like just makes these more, I don't think the filmmaking is nearly on the level. Of Do Nolan. you think it's it's a, it's related to like a just like a the way it's filmed? Like you know, some of those are on like green screens and like. I think Zack Snyder's visual instincts and his abilities to create interesting images and pretty images are just obscuring the poor storytelling. Like yeah. for the most part. And yeah. I think he doesn't quite understand, I don't know, like, he doesn't understand a lot of his characters, like, in a kind of full sense. He's, he's only interested them in them as, like, these mythological beings versus, like, they're still people and doesn't really explore that, I don't think. I think that's where Batman vs. Superman does kind of hit for me is it seems like he's acknowledging that in that one. Mm-hmm. And, like, the Justice League, he 
it's fun to watch, but I don't feel like he's really acknowledging that concept. I think he goes back to like taking it very seriously and like. Well, he's tr- responding yeah. to the Avengers. Like, yeah. I mean, from from a top down perspective, it's also like we're giving Zach a lot of credit, honestly, because like those kind of movies, which you know, I'm sure there was some top down like control on Dark Knight or whatever, but I don't think superhero movies were as bankable necessarily as they were as they are now where mm-hmm. like it's a fucking it wasn't like the entire studio line. was writing on it or yeah. anything and yeah. i think justice league was like we really need this to hit well the theatrical version is one of the worst movies i've ever seen no doubt it's so bad yeah it's so bad i saw i saw a preview screening in imax with my roommate when justice league came out and i remember at the time i was like that was fun and stupid, and that was as much as I thought about it. And I rewatched it just like in my basement, like the summer after I graduated. And I was like, "Oh no, this is bad. This is so bad. Mm-hmm. It's so bad." It um does nothing. Doesn't does yeah. nothing. Ruined, <laughs> ruined all my hopes for any Green Lantern content. Yeah. Well, we get the Green Lantern well, HBO Max series supposedly under mm-hmm. James Gunn. They're doing like a True Detective style Green Lantern series. The True Detective brand is. Uh, Are we going to go into True Detective right away. now? I, okay, uh, remember, dude. Okay, <laughs> seriously, really funny moment in my life was uh, with uh, you and and the other guys at the bar last weekend, and I brought up True Detective season four, and you were like, "It's dumb,", it's dumb. <laughs> and I was like, "No, but I kind of like." And you're like, "It's dumb," and I, <laughs> uh, it is dumb. I'm I I am fascinated by where it's going and what it's doing, but not because I'm intrigued by the story. I just think it's an interesting thing to do in general to take this beloved product and just kind of like do whatever with it it is like yeah. um disney and star wars it's like uh there is no shame there's just no shame anymore. yeah but the, the uh, yeah yes because like i guess true detective is like that first season one of the greatest limited series ever produced on prestige television and they kept going and i liked season two i like season two too um but like that that season two did not pretend that it was season one at all. It was like we're doing some new shit. I think now they're kind of caving to where they're like we kind of have to resurrect the magic. They're doing too much though. It's just yeah. too, and it, it's just so now it's so directly tied to the first season. There's no escaping it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just uh, you can't ever just be like, I just like the first season. Now you like have to understand the whole thing is like for some reason, one big contained story that like yeah. and where where the the fact that you know about these things that happen has to matter for some reason you've they've made it a really complicated like universe instead of just kind of like allowing it to exist star wars is is like that too where they're like you can't watch any new thing without kind of being expected to weigh it against old things which is kind of a bummer i watched two episodes of ahsoka and then realized i had to have seen three different animated series <laughs> i think and i was just like god damn <laughs> I fucking hate that. This is exactly <laughs> what I was talking about the Green Lantern comic books, yeah. dude. And also, like, I mean, that was also just, like, serialized linear storytelling in some way. But, like, I kind of don't like that as a culture we are continuing to make things that are inseparable, even at a meta-cinematic level. Like, star- like Spider-Man Far From Home. No Way Home. No Way Home. Yeah, sorry. We just watched Spider-Man No Way Home. The end, I've never seen it. 
I which, actually, I actually, I like that movie. I liked I, it too. Yeah, I liked it too. But I was like, was this the only place we could go with it? I was like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm so torn because I'm like, I, I, I am, I am simultaneously frustrated with it as a commercial <laughs> choice. Yeah, because I'm like. Oh man, come on! You can't just do the easy thing, which is bank on you know how I felt about things that were already done. And then the other part of me is like my my heart is telling me that I do really miss Tobey Maguire. Yeah, you know. And I was like, I am feeling genuine feelings about this. Yeah, but my greater artistic brain, who I usually follow is kind of mad <laughs> so turn like, that shit off yeah yeah <laughs> so like i don't know it's i just wish that like if you're gonna make the batman which they did and they just made it its own fucking thing i yeah. didn't have to know about nolan at all mm-hmm. you know if until the sequel when christian bale shows up in the post-credit scene oh shit and he's batman year zero from universe b <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, and and George Clooney's there too. And then Doctor Strange shows up. And <laughs> the crossover event James Gunn promised me. Yep. And then uh, Goldberg comes uh, in. And he... <laughs> so, do you think, as far as cinematic trilogies go, where do you think the Dark Knight trilogy does it? Um, I haven't seen Lord of the Rings, which feels like maybe what's. I haven't either. Oh, there you go. Whoa, really? <laughs> I'm watching them in three weeks, I think, for the first time. Are you watching regular or extended? Regular for the first okay, time. Okay, good. Yeah. That's my extended a lot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm watching the regular all three of them in one day with a couple of friends. The Oh man. Those those are warm and fuzzy yeah. for me. Man, that would be worth doing a podcast about for real. Just just to get your feelings about them on a first watch would be awesome. Yeah. But um I'll keep you posted. Yeah, I I watched those about Thanksgiving time. I kind of went on a holiday thing. This yeah, Harry Potter. Too. Harry, I watched yeah. Harry Potter series around Christmas. I watched Lord of the Rings around Thanksgiving this year, um, because they both evoke such uh, wholesome things for me. And that Lord of the Rings um, is a great trilogy. I have issues with some things in like you know here and there, which is the same thing for Nolan's trilogy. I, I like. I don't. I think Rises is you know a bastard child but it's like i, do I think, love i love it here's the For, thing about it here's the, i like it i don't uh ever feel the the like sinking i feel like my uh my lows with it don't go that low yeah. i just kind of have like an opinion on it and i never rewatch it and feel like i usually feel pleasantly surprised i feel like where i'm like oh, i enjoyed that more than i thought i would so i think that's a good sign overall as a trilogy as a whole i love that everything is the way that it is in a way. I love that everything matters. It is a complete idea. It's like one arc of a person with purpose and like everything does like matter and mean something throughout. There's a lot of trilogies where that doesn't feel like that's the case. Does it uh, stack up to Star Wars for you guys? The first trilogy? No. Star Wars is so much better in my mind. I think original trilogy Star Wars probably is better, more consistent for sure but i but i guess the point i'm trying to make is that i love dark knight trilogy for its flaws too and i mm-hmm. kind of almost wouldn't i almost don't want it to be different like yeah. i that's uh, fair um like back to the future is another one like this is kind of like shaky moments uh but i kind of like the way that it is yeah like i think that it's almost uh satisfying and fun and interesting the way that we get to uh talk shit on one movie and love another one and like <laughs> 
That experience is... We need discourse. Yeah. Yeah. So, Nolan, good job. Pat on the back. Pat on the back. Two pats. Two pats on the back. Yeah. It's a long podcast. Um... <laughs> Nora Marks coming to Shuba's oh, shit, yeah. Tavern. <laughs> oh, yeah. What you got? What you got? Sunday, February 18th. We're playing with the Flips and Dwells at Shuba's. It's free. It's Hell yeah. Free. Free show. You have Come no on. excuse, general public. And then March 1st, Beat Kitchen. Beat Kitchen. Winter Prom 2.0. We did a 1.0. Y'all showed up. Now we're doing a 2.0, and that's the story. With Tommy Kessler experience. And Damager. Routine fuss. Robot Civil War. And Directrix. Woo-hoo! And yeah. special opening set by a tangerine. <laughs> a ton. I can't do the voice. I'm not going to try. <laughs> Thanks, Michael, for coming and hanging out and talking about Dark Knight. Are we still on the mics right now? Yeah. Yeah, we're still yeah, going. Thank you for having me. This was a good time. Hell yeah. <laughs> no more dead cops. No more dead cops. I don't want to end on that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>